What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. we got a lot to talk about on today's show. We're going to be talking about a new Justice League film that is rumored to be in development. This is not going to be any kind of continuation of what we saw from Zack Snyder. This is a new Justice League film, so we'll give you guys the details on that. Speaking of the old Zack Snyder Justice League film, the star, one of the stars of that movie, Ray Fisher, is still chirping about his tweet from last week, uh, basically disavowing all previous kind words about Josh Whedon. Uh, He expanded on those words very shortly after we did our podcast last week, so we want to give you guys an update on that. And a bunch of movies in development outside of that Justice League movie, according to a lot of these reports. Batman Beyond, potentially. Constantine, Zatanna. uh, A lot of of stuff happening with DC. I'm sorry for the Marvel fans. We will have a Marvel thing at the top, but not a lot of Marvel content for today. Um, We also have a Stargirl renewal for season two, but with a big uh, asterisk based on kind of what that means for the DC Universe app. And obviously our TV recaps this week, we're doing Stargirl and we're doing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This should be a good show. We got a lot to get to, so I don't want to waste too much time. Joining me are my co-hosts, starting with Shamari Stewart. Now, Shamari, uh, before the show, I was loaded by Kendall, <laughs> who's also here, about uh, a headline that I did not see until Kendall broached it in our pre-production meeting. But um, the director for... Uh, Black Widow. Give a spoiler alert, just in case people don't. Yeah, I'll give you guys a, a minor. Uh, a, a minor, yeah, I'll give you guys a mild, <laughs> a mild spoiler warning for this. Um, it's I mean it's everywhere, so you know, yeah. stay off the internet. But the movie isn't coming out. I mean, I, to be fair, I didn't see it, but once I just time. googled the movie, it started coming up. So I was like, okay, this is pretty, pretty out there. But um, so mild spoiler though, if you have not, if you don't want to know anything about Black Widow. And I say that with a grain of salt, though, because I'm not sure if I quite believe it, but I'm going to just leave it there. So continuing with the story, Sham, uh, the director for Black Widow, Kate Shortland, had some comments about the movie, which, of course, we should have been seeing. It should have came out in the beginning of May. Obviously, now that's not happening. It's been moved back to the fall. Who knows when exactly we're going to see it? There is a date. I think it's a November date. But uh, as we know, with obviously, with this pandemic, who, who knows really what the future holds? Um, but the headline that grabbed people's attention was uh, Shortland kind of explaining her mindset and her approach to the character that's going to be played by Florence Pugh. Um, you know, we all know she's playing Yelena, who we all assume to be Yelena Belova, who in the comic books is the second Black Widow. Uh, in many iterations, she has been evil or has been an anti-hero in many ways. Uh, now, Florence is casting in this movie sham you know raised a lot of eyebrows because she's very young she's kind of looked at as one of the next ones coming up in hollywood so her being kind of a side character in a movie like this kind of did make people think well what what does marvel have in mind and i think i was surprised when i read this quote from shortland she told the uh she told empire quote um we knew she would be great but we didn't know how great scarlet is so gracious like oh i'm handing her the baton so it's going to propel another female storyline. So that's not exactly, I think, how people anticipated. Well, some people, I think, did think maybe this was going to be uh, a passing the baton in some ways. But we haven't seen you know any mention of Florence Pugh character in any of these movies since Civil War. Because remember, this movie takes place after Civil War. So um, how this baton passing will work would be kind of fascinating to me, Sham. What did you make of these comments? Um, well, I 
Well, first of all, I do see it as a spoiler. I don't think they should be referencing any kind of specific plot details or, <laughs> or movie details with regards to um, what's being passed on to who. I agree, because this was not mentioned. Uh, this is not prevalent in any of the trailers or promotional yeah. material. It's not implied yeah. that this is what's going to happen. They don't say in the movie, passing the torch to Florence Pugh. Yeah, I mean, like, they, they never like. mentioned anything like this. And so. they weren't going to say if there any red carpets. Yeah. You know, as far as I, uh, I would assume, any premieres. Yeah. So it's bizarre that they, that they would even really mention this. But, I mean, as a story point, I... Well, first of all, I'd say I like it. I mean, I think the team is better with a Black Widow. I like the Avengers with a Black Widow, even if it's not, um, you know, necessarily Natasha. So, I mean, I'm all for it. I wouldn't have bet my money on this happening, but I did consider it a possibility. Um, you know, since I guess she's supposedly the second Black Widow or something. I mean, it's possible that this would happen. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, this came out of nowhere. Um, so I am, uh, I'm I, I, even with all this stuff going on, I'm still very excited to see this movie. I was just rechecking out the trailers a few weeks, like I don't know, a week ago. <laughs> it's or sad, Jory, you got to do that. Yeah, man, sad, I got to, I got to go back, I gotta refresh. <laughs> what happened to these trailers? I have to recharge. The rumor is they might be coming out with a new trailer. I don't need any more trailers. I hope that's not true. Yeah. You know, I guess it'll probably just be a recut. Yeah, they, they should keep that. I don't, I don't need that. Yeah, I hope they don't. I mean, I know, do I know they, I know they, I know they want to try to get buzz and all this other stuff. <laughs> I mean, come out movie. with, come out with some TV spots. You know, come out with some, do something like that. I don't need another full trailer. You know, but, but yeah, this is interesting news. So I mean, I'm looking forward to the movie when it comes out next year. Uh, ah, hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Hopefully uh, this year. Uh, Kendall joins us as well. Kendall, what did you make of this? You're the one who broached this topic in the pre-production meeting. Yeah, man. Um. This is interesting to me. Look, it was, it's not surprising to hear. Um, we, we've talked about this before that, you know, Florence Pugh being in the movie suggests that this is a character that we'll be, we will be seeing in the future. Um, I see two lanes to this that could be very interesting. Um, the first, like Shamari mentioned, you think about her Avengers future. You think about, um, you know, or probably we don't need a Black Widow, but we could use a Black Widow going forward a Black Widow-type character. And what if there's a scenario with the Avengers where we have kind of a, a second generation of Avengers that are kind of passed down from the original? You've got Spider-Man from Iron Man. we got Falcon from Cap. we got Jane Foster's Thor. we got She-Hulk coming in. we got Kate Bishop, and we got potentially a Black Widow. So that could be interesting. Um... The other side, the other possibility is, and this is a little more tinfoil hat, but oh, what if conspiracy theory? she is going to be a Thunderbolt? Dun, Whoa. dun, dun. I thought you were going to say, what if she's a scroll? Which I think is, yeah. also, which I think <laughs> is also very possible. <laughs> but what if, what if she's a Thunderbolt and she is... I say, that's not that tinfoil hat. <laughs> and she ends up becoming, you know, we, she turns in the movie. She's evil in the movie, something along those lines. And, like, she ends up in the future returning uh, as a villain. But where does, where does passing the baton uh, come in? 
I guess not not literally passing the baton of being like a hero. She may still end up being she may end up taking the Black Widow mantle. She may end up, you know, maybe a Dark Avengers thing going on where she's the Black Widow, but like, you know, obviously she she's a villain. All right, now we're going you to know, Dark Avengers. Yeah, yeah, tinfoil hat, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> but I think there are some ways where they could they could spin this and it still is not a spoiler because if again if if she's a villain in this movie that wouldn't be as then I wouldn't feel like she spoiled anything. <laughs> if we find out that she's a villain and she's you know in prison or something like that, she's on the raft, then I'd be like, wow, you know, that's a talk about a dark story and talk about like not expecting that. Yeah. Um. So I do throw that out as a possibility. That doesn't mean just because she's in the Thunderbolts doesn't mean she can't eventually become an Avenger anyway. Because if Florence Pugh's in the MCU in the short term, I'd imagine she'd also be in the MCU for in a in a, in a long term sense as well. Um. So I I think this can go either way. How do you th- how do you feel, EJ? Yeah, I mean, I told you guys I, I'm skeptical that this is gonna work out like this exactly. I, I can't like there's part of me that's like, okay, well look. I agree with Sham. This is clearly a spoiler. This is not the kind of commentary I want to be hearing from the director before the movie that come out when you really hinted at nothing like this previously. I feel like now we know she lives. That's almost a, a fact. Yeah, that too. I mean, I wouldn't have guessed that. So she here's was what I'll, here's what I'll say. I mean, uh, taking it at face value, yes, that's what that would assume. I'm not taking this at face value because I can't imagine the director would be that. Um, Gallus and yeah, like that, Frank. that reckless and that loose with like plot details about this movie. Now, not, in, not, say, in, not in an interview like that. Yeah, you know? now you could say that if you're on a podcast. I'd be like, oh yeah, maybe you know she said something, she lets him slip. But this feels like Marvel kind of planted this. Thing. I mean, even <laughs> if I'm, I mean, I would just say I would. I still think it's a bit of a concern. Even if maybe she doesn't become Black Widow at the end of this movie, maybe like. Feige might have told her, hey, you know, two, three movies down the line, she's going to show up as Black Widow. And maybe she's like, oh, I, I don't know why she would say something That like would this. just be a weird thing to say. That. I don't know why she was. I don't know why she's saying this, period. Yeah. I don't know why she's saying I'm glad this. you mentioned but. the two, three years down the line, Sham, because that's where I'm, I'm having trouble taking this at face value. Mm-hmm. Because remember, as I said at the top, this is a movie that takes place during Civil War. We have not seen Florence Pugh's character or have this character even be mentioned at all by Natasha in any of the movies we've seen her in since. We've seen her in Infinity War and in Endgame. So I can't imagine this is going to be a straight baton pass in the way that maybe this quote suggests. I, I wonder if this is this could be, I think this could be, could it eventually be a complete misdirect? I think that maybe Kate is really kind of just, you know, messing That's around, messing around, knowing that Whatever she says about this movie is going to get uh, a lot of attention. So throwing the scent off of uh, everybody would, would make sense. I think that's possible. I'm not saying that exactly is what's happening, but I don't think it's going to be as clean and neat as this quote made it sound. I think that Florence Pugh, I think, will be a part of the future for Marvel. I don't think it's going to be, oh, she's she's the Black Panther, Black, excuse me, Black Widow in the sense that Natasha was where she's a member of the Avengers and is a hero in some way. I think that it's going to be a lot more messier than that. I think that whatever happens in the movie is going to make more sense. This quote, but I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's it's just it's that clear. Because I'm like because because then I'm like why would we why would you say that 
like to me it really doesn't make any sense it does feel like you're giving away way too much if that if this is all that it is i think that so, that's why i still say the scroll thing maybe is possible i also feel like i i feel like the one thing they never really did with natasha was the double agent thing like we know that that's a big part of her character in the comic books and they never ever really leaned into that they kind of made allusions to it and kind of made little comments about oh what side are you really on and i guess maybe you could argue maybe in civil war they did a little bit but that was so like that i mean natasha can get really dark and kind of really play really two very dark sides of a fence in the right scenario they never did that florence's pew's character could be your avenue to being a little more aggressive with like right. that's where the thunderbolts be. come in yeah and that's why i like your idea of the thunderbolts um, that's why I think about, uh, you know, Secret Invasion and her being a scroll potentially. Because, you know, if the Black Widow is a, is like the lead, the lead scroll, if Florence Pugh is the is scroll queen, I think that's a great casting. I think that any, any nobody would disagree with that. That makes a lot of sense. So I, didn't, and I think about the time, like I said at the top, like the timing of this movie and what that would mean for the future it doesn't make sense for this to be again a, a clean brickwick. We know Natasha remains a Black Widow for very for a while after this, you know. So that's how that's how I feel about it. I, I don't take this at face value. I think there's something else at foot. So if the movie ends, and let's say the story, you know, let's say they save the day, it's pretty hallmark. It's, it's, something's gonna happen, obviously, but let's say for the most part, it's a pretty normal movie. It may be some twist. It's not related. Uh, overly, but let's say the movie ends and you know she's a hero just like the rest of them, and we flash we flash forward to post Endgame, and like she goes to like Natasha's gravesite and like sees it or something like that, and says you know says something or even doesn't say anything, said but says you know it, they allude to the fact that she's gonna take the mantle. Would that would would you see these comments and say oh well, I saw this coming because they spoiled the movie. There's like a post credit scene. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Mm. Yeah, that's why I'm hoping that that's not the case. I think there's got to be something else. I would say yeah. this is this, and the movie could be good, but it'd be like, uh, well. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, it wouldn't mean, it wouldn't hamper my enjoyment of the movie. Right. You know, so but it, it would. It almost like, be like if, it would be like if Feige or somebody was like, after Far From Home. Uh, Spider-Man's life is, is really never going to be the same again. I'd be like, why would you tell me that? And then I watch the movie and I see this happen. It's like, oh, okay. But like, now I was waiting for something that would be life-changing. And like, right. there are only a few scenarios you could think of that would be life-changing. One of them would be his identity being revealed. So the reveal happening, it would it could still be great. It could still be executed extremely well, just like anything they do with Yelena. But it, it's still not going to hit the way it should. Like, if they told you before, like, Spider-Man is going to have a life-altering uh, reveal at the end of this movie. Or, you know, life-altering experience that's going to change his life moving forward at, by the time this movie's over. Like, that's that's not something you say. Like, that's not... Because then people are looking for it. Captain America is going to, you know, Chris Evans is going to pass the baton to Anthony Mackie. Right, exactly. Or that's even... Yeah, that's even more, like, really? Like, imagine if Joe Russo had said that at some point. <laughs> or Anthony, like that, we would be like, why would you say that? Like, and we all knew it was cast the end of Chris Evans's run. So yeah, 
even have, with, even with that, and we all kept saying, "Well, you know, he's going to get this shield away. Who's going to be Captain America?" Like, if if you know if you know if you can't, the Russos say, "Oh, this is a baton passing to Anthony Mackie," you'd be like, "What? <laughs> why would you tell me that?" So that's why I don't think that uh, I don't think that this this is what it appears to be on the surface. That's just my my take on it. Um, let's let's uh, continue though, the rest of the show, and let's talk about a story story that I thought was uh, it was fascinating to me. Because I think that we keep talking about what is DC's endgame? What is, no pun intended, what are they trying to put together? Because, it, you know, they have a lot of stuff going on, but I think, and a lot of stuff that's good and interesting, and some of the stuff has been fantastic that they already put out, but the direction seems to be non-existent. I think for a lot of people, I don't think anybody sees a clear line as to what they're trying to build. In some ways, I think it's been to their benefit, but I think in the long run, there are reasons to be concerned about that. Well, according to Jeremy Conrad, um, he may be kind of piecing together a little bit of what they're trying to do. So according to him, he came out with a report that Warner Brothers is indeed in development of a Justice League Rebirth movie. So if you guys are familiar with uh, Rebirth, basically the DC canon after Flashpoint was altered to be the New 52. And... New 52 came out with, I would say, mixed re- reception. Some things people loved, some things people hated. And because of that, they decided to do... Well, I say because of that. We don't know why, technically, why they did it. They would say they just... Maybe we, the New 52 wasn't supposed to be something that lasted a long time. Regardless, they decided to, to reshape uh, the world again using Rebirth. And it kind of established back some of the older... DC canon that we enjoyed and then mixed in some of the new 52 stuff people liked. And that's been the kind of I, I had been reading pretty much for the last four or five years and established, you know, a new Justice League team and uh, established very different canons for the, the DC comics moving forward. Now this, according to Conrad, would be the kind of concept that they would try to bring to the DC movie world in which this movie would not be any kind of continuation from anything Zack Snyder has done or is even doing right now with the uh, HBO Max, uh, you know, Justice League cut that he's going to put out in 2021. But it could be, um, it could have some of the actors we've seen playing previous characters. So, you know, almost certainly you'll be seeing Gal Gadot, you will be seeing Jason Momoa, um, you know, who who knows what the future holds with, you know, Ray Fisher and Ezra Miller. But, um, but nonetheless, you know, those characters could still very well be in the fray. He says early, but right now, um, J.J. Abrams could be looked at as someone who would direct this kind of movie. And Christina Hodson, who uh, wrote Birds of Prey, um, is working on Batgirl, working on The Flash. She could be looked at to write this uh, movie, which would be kind of a soft reboot, as he's described. So I'll give this to Kendall first. Kendall, what do you make of the idea of a Justice League rebirth movie being in development? Um, I'm not a fan of this idea. Mm. Not a fan of this idea at all. Mm. Um, this seems way too ambitious for me to think that this could work from DC side. Um, like who would be in this movie? What continuities would be followed? Will any continuities be followed? Are they just blowing it up? Are they just saying this is just complete non-canon nonsense? Like what? 
I mean, I'm assuming, and it sounds from what we've heard, that this will be tied to whatever happens with Flash. Um, so maybe I I don't want to rush to judgment. I, I'll have to see what happens first before before I uh, before I before I comment on that. But um, but based off what I know from the Flash and based off what I've seen in the DCU and based off what I've heard about this movie, uh, it just seems like a, it seems like a mess. Um, you know, I saw someone put it. You know, it, it, it's continuities are. You know, DC is never their continuity is never in DC strength, um, and typically they've only messed up their continuities by adding more stuff. You know, like they don't mm-hmm. they don't get better when you try and do more things. You know, they they DC has has been successful for the most part when they simplified uh, their stories and to me and kind of centralize or 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 and localize their stories rather than you know trying to do these mega movies those those things have always kind of been a little shaky so if i'm uh if i'm warner brothers uh to me i scrap this idea uh and scrap it maybe even be strong maybe i just table it but i just this is not something i would consider in the next five years um this is something that i would wait quite a while on if that's what we're talking about because i I mean, what kind of mega movie are we talking about? Are we talking about putting in Pattinson with Cavill, with Gadot, with Phoenix? Like, like what? Like, what is the point of this? You know what I mean? We or is it just going to be a Justice League movie? Is Keaton going to be in it? Like, I, I don't know. There's so many questions. This seems like I don't know if this is going to happen. Personally, I don't. I don't buy this. Mm. But that's a whole other conversation. Um, I mean, I think this is. I mean, I honestly don't even really know what to think about this. I feel like this is one of those scoops where, I mean, I think this is so far ahead, or I feel like it would have to be, because, I mean, there's still, I mean, of course, there's still COVID, but, I mean, there's still this Black Adam movie, there's still, um, I mean, of course, there's the Wonder Woman sequel, there's um, this... uh, uh, weren't they? What was they making? Uh, the one with um, uh, uh, the Ivy and Catwoman and Gotham City Sirens. Yeah, Gotham City Sirens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Batgirl, New Batman. There's so many other projects that are coming out. I feel like this other Justice League um, won't be coming out for a while. So part of me is like, I wouldn't say why are we talking about it, but I feel like it's. I mean, I feel like it's so early that so much can change. It's like, I mean, I guess I, I guess I applaud the effort in them trying to plan things because DC is known for not really planning anything or just kind of just doing just off the cuff. Just, oh, we're going to do this movie now. Um, and of course, Fox completely bungled their timeline to the point where it didn't make any sense. So, I mean, I'm glad they're planning something. But, I mean, Rebirth implies it's, it's connected to the current um, comic book run. Which I do uh, see where Kendall, what Kendall is saying, where he's like, okay, so what is it connecting to exactly? So, right, so who's playing who? What is, why is this called Rebirth? What is, you know, what is connecting, what is in the comics con- continuity that's connecting to this? And the first thing I think about is Flash. And I'm guessing yeah. the Flash is going to, in this Flashpoint movie, is going to be a launching pad for this Rebirth movie. 
Um, which I mean is possible, but for me to even speculate on how good or bad it's going to be, I gotta see. I gotta see all these other movies. I don't know how any of these movies are going to be. I don't know what Black Adam's going to look like. I don't know what Batman's going to look like. I don't know what Batgirl's going to look like. You know, so I mean. I mean, it's a fine idea, I suppose. And I don't know what this Flashpoint movie is going to look like. And I have a whole issue of that, the whole issue of Flashpoint, which I've gone over ad nauseum. So I don't know. I don't really know what to think of this story. But I mean, I am a fan of of the Justice League, obviously. I mean, I would be excited for this movie if this is confirmed to be true. But I feel like we're so far ahead that, you know, it's hard to even really speculate at this point. So. To me, and Sham, you'd be familiar with this. You know, names mean things to comic book fans. We talk about that a lot when we talk about naming a movie and naming shows. Um, so, Rebirth sounds good. Like, it, I mean, it was obviously marketed in a way. Like, it, it's for for if Justice the last Justice League situation was a disaster, which I think anyone would agree with. Even if you love. Zack Snyder. It was still a disaster what happened because, you know, you got a movie that wasn't Zack Snyder's movie. It was a mess. Um, you know, calling this new whatever new thing you come out with at Rebirth, especially now that you're doing the Zack Snyder cut and to kind of separate yourself from that, it's a it's a good tagline and it makes a lot of sense from, from the, a marketing standpoint. I think that works. The problem though, Sham, is when you get to story, okay, when I hear Rebirth, I think Wally West, I think Watchmen, and I'm not saying that the even the majority of people are going to think that, but I think a lot of DC fans will kind of say, "Okay, well, what are we trying to include the Watchmen people in this? What's going on?" Especially after how uh, how insanely popular and well received the Watchmen HBO series was. I, I think that that's that's. A question that had to be answered. Again, I'm thinking Wally West. Is Wally West somehow going to be involved with this? Is this their way to try to move away from the Barry Allen that they are establishing because they're not crazy about Ezra Miller? Like, as a superhero fan, as a comic book fan, like, I got to ask those questions because if you're telling me Rebirth, I have a very specific thing in my head of what that means. That meant, um, again, taking away, you know, kind of stripping down a lot of New 52 stuff, reinserting characters that were had not been included in New 52 and establishing the world that was created in Watchmen as part of the DC continuity. I don't think that's what's going to happen with this movie. So, okay, if that's not happening, what are you giving me? So until I know that, it's hard for me to really get excited yet other than it just being a good tagline. But I don't know if I... Like, I don't, I don't want them just to be doing using, you know, actual comic book stories as tagline for the sake of just using them as taglines. It's my issue with Flashpoint. Um, it was my issue with what they did with Flashpoint in, you know, uh, in, in, in the CW. Um, you know, I think, I think, you know, obviously what they did with Crisis was good. That was, I think, very much in the spirit of what Crisis is going to be. I'm not saying things got to be exactly what they are, but there are clear, obvious things that have to happen or need to be included for these kind of titles to make sense. And um, especially if they do mean something like, you know, when the Avengers did Age of Ultron, Age of Ultron was a terrible comic book. So I was they I was hoping they do anything but whatever Age of Ultron was as a comic. And they did something totally different. So I was fine because it's OK. They used this name, but I didn't want anything that was involved. 
Rebirth, however we want to describe whether or not it's been a success or not, I think the idea of including a Wally West would mean a lot to a lot of Flash fans. I think the idea of including the Watchmen in the continuity would mean a hell of a lot to a lot of Watchmen fans and a lot of DC fans. If you're telling me I'm not getting any of that and it's just a name of a reboot, I, I, then it's, I'm like, well, name is something else. <laughs> like, it's called, I mean, you're going to have to reboot the universe. We know that's what you're going to have to do at some point. But I don't, I don't know. This is, like, I hate, like, when they use these names that they know will kind of, like, get fans excited, but, like, then don't follow through with anything that those, those names mean. So that's annoying because that's, like, an obvious marketing ploy. And mm-hmm. it's directed at exactly the person like me. Yeah. So so if they did try to follow the rebirth storylines, would 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 the name not bother you? Or if or if they hinted no. at follow? Well, no, I, it wouldn't bother me at all because then you're telling me you're doing some you're, you're you're actually bringing that those that continuity or that inspiration from that continuity into your movies, which I would be fine with. I, I don't have that. That's not my issue. Um, my issue is is Again, using these names that are familiar to fans that are that to some fans mean a great deal of positivity and using it just for your marketing to reboot something or just do whatever you want. Again, my thing is just call it something else. You you have a DC rebirth. It's in the comic books. Like it's been done. You can name this something totally different. Yeah, some some something about that runs I, me the wrong way. Yeah, sometimes I I feel I feel like a part of like some of these DC properties with the naming naming things off of just kind of popular you know phrases or comic book names or series runs is a little problematic. Now Marvel and X Men, I mean, all these companies do the same thing. You know, they all do it to an extent. Um, but I just I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like with DC, it's it's been more it seemed more cash grabby more just popular name watch our property kind of thing so right, right, right. i mean we'll see how it goes um i it's hard for me to really judge without seeing knowing anything about what they're doing I, um but i mean i do i do i mean i guess it's it's smart from a marketing perspective we just have to see what the product is my guess is there won't be a movie called dusty rebirth and that there could be a future wrestling movie down the line. I'm not saying Conrad's got so Conrad's bad sources completely off, but I don't think there will be a movie called Justice League Rebirth. Um, but that we will see some 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 shakeups in the okay. DCEU. Because um, I I don't I like you know the way EJ put it. I, it just doesn't seem like you know I mean, you can call it Justice League Rebirth, but that's that's a dangerous game. I don't. I mean, I kind of question it a little bit as well because Rebirth wasn't. Um, I mean, Rebirth wasn't such a singular event no. in the way that Flashpoint was. No. And EJ, you could probably tell tell me more exactly. more. Yeah. But it wasn't such a as much of a singular event as Flashpoint or Crisis was. Absolutely. So that kind of that kind of threw me off a little bit as well when I heard about this. I was like, Rebirth. Yeah, because Justice League Rebirth is like because like the Justice League like they like it's just. They, they just drop you in like it's not like they right. have this big origin like they just they drop you into the justice league doing stuff in, in in issue one like there's a one shot and then like 
your Just League One, and it's like, there's no, like, yeah, you're right, there is no singular event. Like, the Rebirth comic is, like, very weirdly constructed. It's, like, 80 pages, and it's just, like, Wally West, like, trying to break through the, t- the speed force to let the people know, hey, I exist, and right. you guys have been manipulated, and things have changed, and you need to remember the past timeline. Like, that's not going to be, obviously, this movie. There's, I mean, I, I, if it is, that'd be shocking, but that'd also be a weird movie because it's not like, it's not a, I'm punching some villain or anything. It's just like, it's again, it's a very uniquely constructed book. So, so yeah, exactly, Sham. Yeah, so I don't know. It's uh, it's a little confusing that they're that they're calling it Rebirth but I mean I don't know. Like I said, we gotta see. I think it'll what be rebirth of spirit. I think whatever source, I think they're thinking of it as a, as a rebirth type of story, mm-hmm. rebirth type of movie. But I don't think we're talking about a movie that when it comes out, they'll be like Justice League rebirth. Right. You know. I, I highly <laughs> but it's like also that. like rebirth. Like what are they rebirthing? Because we so we still know, know. so little about the DC universe that was established. It's not like yeah. they they established this very long canon. Like for example, like Rebirth, like like you know, Flash was you no know, Barry was not uh, married to Iris, and he didn't obviously know about um, this other Wally West he knew from a previous period previous time. So then there being the continuity change of Barry now trying to reignite his love for Iris, like not not trying to reignite his love, but like him like pursuing iris west again and like iris west having this other nephew who's also kid flash like it was it was you know like none of that again none of that's gonna happen in the movie because we don't know anything about barry west barry allen sorry like like rebirth only works because of there being 80 years of com- canon before it so and that kind of was dc's problem in the first place now i think that they're doing a lot of movies and they're creating a lot more characters so they should be way better off to do a more bigger event next time around than they were the first time around. But again, it's like, okay, but now you're going for the biggest thing possible. Where it's like, can you just scale it back a little bit? Like, just do a Justice League movie. But I know my thing is, here's the thing, though. I, I think that they are going to scale it back. I don't think this is going to be as um, uh, earth-shattering or as, you know, you know as, as Rebirth was supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's going to be a lot more grounded and simple. But that's why I'm like, well, then why are you calling it Rebirth? I'm not even... You're not going to show me the comedian's button. We're not going to introduce Wally West being trapped into some speed force. None of that's going to happen. So why are you calling it this? Let's call it something else. I'm not convinced that this is even going to be a Justice League movie. I don't know what movie it's going to be. I don't know what character. It could be Superman. It could be someone completely different. I don't know. But... I again, I just think whatever this ends up being, it'll be in essence, in spirit, which like, is very vague. Is, is, is Superman but, gonna have a son now with Lois? Are we gonna see Jonathan Kent? Are we gonna see Super <laughs> Sons? Like, come on. That, like, that's why I. That's why I. I. I'm so confused because I'm just like I don't know why we're talking about Justice League. Like the Snyder Cut isn't even out yet. That joint's supposed to come that's out. That's why I don't believe this. So why are we even talking? I don't want to see Justice League. I want to see Batman. I want to see Black Adam. I want to see Batgirl. Yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, I want to see all these other movies. Like, I don't want to see another Justice League movie right now. But, you know, hey, we'll see what happens. Speaking of Justice League movies, one movie we will be seeing next year is the uh, 
the Snyder Cut on uh, HBO Max. One of the actors who will be in that film, of course, is Ray Fisher. We talked about Ray Fisher last week because he, um, and I, in my words, he you know buried Josh Whedon uh, last week talking about uh, how he wanted to retract all the words, he kind words he said about Josh Whedon at uh, San Diego Comic Con a few years back when he said that he was you know a great guy and great to work with and a great person to um, you know replace Zack Snyder. Uh, I came on the show and I was uh, pretty uh, adamant about how I was annoyed that it seemed like this was another example of DC uh, burying whoever was no longer in good graces with the company. I, we've seen it several times, whether it be with certain talent. Like, um, like I think what we saw with Cavill, um, what we've seen with they did do to Zack Snyder, who's now back in good graces with the company. Whenever it seems like someone's kind of on the outskirts, people like to take pot shots. So that's kind of how I interpreted this initially. But in the words of Ray Fisher, I'll be honest, I, I want to forcefully <laughs> retract that those comments because he he elaborated on what exactly he was talking about when he he made these remarks, and it doesn't paint. Josh Whedon in a very good light at all. Um, and the fact that Josh Whedon is not responding to it in any way doesn't help either. Um, he basically then uh, put out a way more damning statement on Twitter that didn't just only attack Whedon, but kind of attacked the DC Warner Brothers brain trust in their uh, acquiescence to Whedon's apparent behavior during the making of Justice League. Ray Fisher put out a tweet saying, quote, Josh Whedon's onset treatment of the cast and crew of Justice League was gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable. He was enabled in many ways by Jeff Johns and John Berg. Accountability greater than entertainment. Wow. This is not the kind of comments I would have expected from Fisher particularly the parts where he kind of implicates Jeff Johns and John Burke, who by my accounts are still working with DC. So one hundred percent. Right, yeah, they're very involved. Now, you know, I know Johns at one point kind of assumed a Feige like role that I think was diminished recently, but he's still in the fold. I mean he's still making T V shows and still producing movies. He's like he's still very involved. John Berg is the president of the company. <laughs> so um so, yeah, this was, I did not expect to see those strays get shot um, for those guys. I, 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 I'm not surprised that he went after Whedon, though. I'm surprised that I guess he was as specific about what his beef was with Josh Whedon. And we got to get Shamari a lot of props on this podcast because last week, Shamari said, clearly there's something personal between these gentlemen that is not being articulated. But it's obvious. And I didn't know. I mean, like I said, I chalked it up to kind of this being the typical thing I've seen from you know people at Warner Brothers. But Shamari was right on the money. This is obviously very personal. And I got to say, man, it kind of starts to... It's, first of all, it's been a bad four or five years for Josh Whedon. We got to say that, first of all. Um, but since whenever... Avengers Age of Ultron came out. I don't know if he's had any good breaks that have happened for him. Um, No really major projects have come about, which I don't... Now I'm starting to wonder, may not be an accident, considering this. He had the Batgirl flop. And you guys remember, I crushed him on this show for that. I thought that was one of the most 
embarrassing. I thought that was one of the most embarrassing situations I've ever seen a movie company and director go through. Where you, you announce a guy has a movie. he We're waiting to hear about what the movie's going to be about for months. And he just says, oh, no, I, I can't think of a story. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I mean, that I think everybody looked terrible there. Um, then he had a situation. I'm not going to get into detail, but his ex-wife aired him out in a post about how he treats women and calling him a fake ally of the feminist movement. And now this. And, and, and seeing kind of seeing Josh Whedon at this point in his career kind of kind of be just in the background and not a major player. Someone who is looked at as such a innovative creator during his time. When I saw these comments, Sham, it it it, it made a lot of sense because it started to make sense as to why we haven't seen Josh Whedon nearly as much. Because this guy did Avengers. I mean you can say what you want about all these other movies. You do Avengers, you should be able to want to do any project you want. I'm not saying that just because he hasn't done a lot of big projects since then that, uh, you know, that, that some, sometimes maybe you don't want to do the biggest projects. But the idea that he's been so, his workload has been so low and the few projects he's been picked on, not, you know, nothing has really stuck in terms of it being a, a massive success. And he came, kind of came out of nowhere when he was announced to do Justice League, and then that just was a complete failure. This is a, I, you know, Josh Whedon's got a lot of explaining to do, but he don't seem to be willing to explain himself because again, he just gave a no comment when he was asked about this. What did you make of these uh, allegations against Whedon, Champ? Uh, well, I mean, look, props to Ray Fisher for speaking out. For sure. Um, for sure. You know, definitely bring in this, all the negativity to light, um, you know, making it known what's going on. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's very unfortunate uh, if, if, you know, I mean, if, if and, you know, based on all the other things that you had mentioned, it sounds like Whedon just isn't uh, that he's got some whatever issues are going on with him, but he, that he's not a very good person to work with overall. So I tend to believe Ray Fisher um, and also the fact that no one is really jumping to Whedon's defense. I think that's very telling as well. Well, Sham, why you do say that. Mm -hmm. I've got somebody. Uh, let me see if I can look it up real quick. But somebody had um, had jumped to the defense. Only one person I seen jump to the defense of Josh Whedon. Let me see if I can pull it up now. Oh, okay. And, and the person that jumped to his defense wasn't all that important. I think it was who um, the boom guy who supported <laughs> no who supported that person <laughs> jumping to uh, Whedon's defense was. So I'm trying to come pull this up as quick as I can. Was it Alan Tudyk? Maybe. Yeah, Alan Tudyk. Yeah, hmm. Alan, Alan Tudyk who works had, obviously on a yes, it was Alan Tudyk. Doom Patrol. Yeah, right. Alan Tudyk worked on Doom Patrol. He you know wrote a tweet out there saying. Uh, wasn't there, but I've known Josh for 17 years. I honestly can't imagine it, uh, and I have a pretty good imagination. People were like, whatever, Alan Tudyk. They weren't as big on that, but it was interesting to people that that tweet was liked by James Gunn. Mm. And I'm just saying, I, I, if I was James Gunn, I, I, wouldn't, I would just stay out of this kind of stuff. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, his history and and no, not no, none of his history regards him being abusive in his workplace in any in way. His workplace, in fact, right. it seems to be the opposite. Everybody seems to love him. Yeah, let's say, like, yeah, that he, is, he seems to be the anti. The he like, the energy had nothing to do with you know hating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, he seems to be the anti Josh Whedon that Ray Fisher is describing. But right. still, I I was like, ooh, wow, okay, you, you're the guy that's gonna be. Yeah, you're not an HR department best friend, James. Yeah, though. yeah, you might wanna you might wanna take a take a <laughs> chill. So I was a little surprised by that, especially when you're you still work for the company, like you work for DC, and yeah. this is a this is a PR fire, and you're just adding now to that fire. Yeah, I think the the the. The Alan Tudyk thing is interesting because I, I immediately went to uh, obviously I you know uh, I'm familiar with Alan Tudyk more so for his work uh, as K2SO in Rogue One, but right. um, so you know he's he's definitely a he's a smart guy, funny guy, but uh, I found it interesting because obviously he works on Doom Patrol and or at least he did last season, and obviously Doom Patrol is a Jeff Johns project, and Jeff yes, Johns' name was dragged into this as well. That's true. And, and look, Jeff Johns, man, he, he's he. We're gonna talk about him later in the show because obviously he works on. He's he's kind of one of the heads on Star uh, for Star Girl, and uh, that show's been great. So he's got caught a lot of praise over the last couple of weeks um, by a lot of people, and rightfully so. Which is why I'm sure he didn't was not happy to see this yeah, come, come time. in his footstep all of a sudden. Um, it's odd. I, I to me, I think. I look at John's and I'm like, from his perspective, let's say, for example, I, I'm not, I don't know what the instances of alleged abuse that Ray Fisher is, is, is referring to. He hasn't gotten to specifics. Um, we've seen, like, we heard the, the situation that's, that's out there about him and Gal Gadot. Uh, you know, he went to Gal Gadot to, to do the scene where Flash kind of falls on Wonder Woman and Gal Gadot wasn't comfortable with the scene. And so, you know, it got it, it was so uncomfortable that they just filmed it with a, du- with a stunt double. Oh, boy. And, and, the, and yeah. the stunt double, I think, either liked Homie's tweet or I think may have even tweeted saying, yeah, we all know how Homie was. <laughs> like, right. like the stunt double in that scene had somehow co-signed F- Fisher. Right. Um, so it, it's, you know, we've, we've seen some... So we've seen, so we do have some instances where, you know, some of you people are saying, you know, he threatened to end Gal Gadot's career over this stuff. I don't know. I don't know what's true, what's not. Um, but regardless, let's say for, for let's say, you know, some bad stuff. If you're, if you're Jeff Johns, obviously in these situations, you don't want to just be a, a bystander. But I do understand from a, from a production standpoint why, you know, why this happened. Because... This is now your second. Your work. You're going on your second director. I feel like Joss Whedon probably was emboldened by that fact that he's taking over for Snyder, and it would have been a bad look on everybody if they had to switch to a third person. Um, now they certainly didn't have a problem switching to five, six people on the Flash, but uh, I think they they were they they felt like they had their hands tied behind their backs after the Zack Snyder situation and they they may have given Josh Whedon way too much free free reign. And it, it's it's very interesting, uh, you know, in the aftermath of that. Um 
And, you know, I definitely do feel like Ray Fisher still, I do think him speaking out, uh, he has the most, he still has the most gripe with Joss Whedon from a, you know, business standpoint because of how his character was shafted. And we hear Snyder, it seems like. I would argue maybe Superman, but okay. (laughs) Right. What Joss Whedon did to Superman is unforgivable. Right. will Will never be forgotten. Um, he, you know, he will, uh, seems like Snyder's going to feature Ray Fisher's character more in, in Jack Snyder's Justice League. You know, I do think, luckily for Cavill, he's going to have a career regardless, um, of what happened. You know, he has two Superman movies already. You know, Ray Fisher, that was kind of his big break. And, (laughs) you know, to get completely sidelined, um... And look, I mean, think about also we gotta think about the the, the optics of you know you sideline the black character uh, in the movie, along with you cut out another black character in Iris West, um, mm-hmm. and some other characters as well. You know, I mean, we were watching Batman v Superman this weekend, the Ultimate Edition. What whatever happened to the uh, the guy people thought was Martian Manhunter, the black dude? The bit, the, the another guy just gone in Justice League. <laughs> so and a lot of black characters in uh in, in that movie that just you know just you know disappeared. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I got some questions for Josh Whedon, but uh, I don't think we'll be seeing him any anytime soon after that. Yeah, right. I think I think he's gonna. I think he's he's uh I think he's riding off the pasture. I think he's gonna wait this out. He's had again. He's had a rough like five years. Like it's, it hasn't been a couple months or a couple of years. It's been a good five years where I feel like pretty much the only time his name gets brought up, it's in a negative light. Or even when it's initially in a positive light, it becomes negative. Like when he got signed for Justice League, it was initially positive. It was like, okay, well, you know, if anybody could fix this, you know, the guy that did Avengers in Buffy, like he should be able to do it. And that flopped. And then, okay, he's back here. Okay, well, while we should have probably got a female director, hey, if anybody could write, you know, teenage, you know, superhero, female superhero, you think he'd be someone like Josh, uh, Josh Wheaton. And that didn't go very well. So it's been, and then again, the personal issues he's had to deal with. It's been a rough time, and we have heard very little from him. And in some sense, I, I could, I could understand it feeling like the world kind of is, is kind of caving in. With all these bad headlines, but man, there's a lot of bad headlines for you to be this quiet. And the fact that you haven't gotten a lot of work, and now these allegations are are coming out about you. You have the allegations of you taking advantage of women who maybe wanted to get roles with you, and now you got this allegation of you abusing cast members and set crews. Again, it might start to make sense why we haven't seen that a Josh Whedon joint pop off in a long time. It, you know, it's 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 a question again that I think deserves to be asked. Uh, Shmar, you want to say one last thing on this before we move on? Um, yeah, I mean, it's clear that I mean, obviously, we would have, um, obviously, he would have very powerful, influential friends in Hollywood. Um, I mean, but when it comes to having people that are willing to stick up for you in a situation like this, it would need to be similar to a James Gunn situation where the people who are working under you are willing to go to bat for you. And if none of those people are willing to do that, it speaks volumes in a situation like this. Um, 
you know, especially when there were more than one director. I mean, you had Zack Snyder and then Joss Whedon. And Whedon takes over and no one's willing to step up and try to help him to try to defend him from these uh, these attacks on his character. So, I mean, I th- I think that just says a lot. So I think I think it it uh, I think that says a lot more than even possibly what Rach Fisher said. Um, so, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Word. Uh, let's move on now. Now, let's get back to some of the projects that are, are reportedly in development. And this one, um, this one makes some sense considering the Michael Keaton news we had got previously. But according to a full cinema circle, a full circle cinema, rather. Sorry, guys. Uh, DC is apparently in the uh, working on a Batman Beyond movie. So the Batman Beyond uh, cartoon series was a very popular series. Debuted in 1999 was obviously part of that um that uh creative created by that creative team of Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, Alan Burnett that's now legendary for what they established in the DC animated universe with Batman Beyond. Excuse me, uh, well obviously Batman Beyond, but before that Batman animated, animated series, Superman animated series, uh Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, all that uh good stuff. Static Shock. Static Shock, yes, cannot cannot forget Static Shock as well. Um and among those movies shows were this Batman Beyond show, which took the uh, the the Batman character that they had already established and fast forwarded him uh, into the future about sixty seventy years, well, very sixty years, and um, and him being kind of an older man and, and mentoring well, a new Batman 60, might have been like thirty, right? Yeah, it might not have been that long. Yeah, 30, the beginning he's actually still handing out smoke. Yeah, so he's he probably still, about sixty yeah, years so, old. Yeah. yeah, so probably like forty years maybe, yeah. but um. But yeah, it, it, it talks about the you know it introduces a new character, a Terry McGinnis uh, character, who we now realize is kind of uh, is pseudo related to Bruce after the really groundbreaking movie uh, Batman Beyond: uh, Return of the Joker, which you, if you have not seen, <laughs> yes, all time, all time, all time classic. Just truly, if you love superheroes or you love Batman, it is a must watch. It's that great. Um, but introduces the Terry McGinnis character, a young, rebellious kid who Bruce takes under his wing and becomes the new Batman in this uh, this this future Gotham City. It's a great show, and it's unfortunate because it, it, it's great, a great and memorable as Batman Beyond was. It's kind of crazy when you look back and you realize it really wasn't that long. Like I think it was only three seasons, maybe if that. Yep. Yeah. So we look back on it finally, but then like there isn't like this long years of, of work that you can kind of look back on. They have uh, done Batman beyond comic books. It's not part of the DC Canon. So you could read those comics that have expanded Terry's story. Yeah. He crosses over into justice. League. Yes. He crosses over into a uh, static shock. So yes, exactly. You know, so he has a lot of tentacles, you know, mm-hmm. in the DC universe. And there's been a lot, of, you know, talk about, you know, and, Will we ever finally see Terry McGinnis, Batman Beyond, be included on the big screen or even on a television show? Now, we may be getting our answer with this new rumor, though. It is a rumor at this point. Sham, are you on board with a Batman Beyond movie? Um, uh, Batman Beyond movie? I would say I am... Honestly, I'd say I'm completely on board with a Batman Beyond movie. Um, I think that could be. Uh, I mean, when it comes to the visuals, I'm. You know, I imagine mm-hmm. a, uh, um, uh, Blade Runner, mm-hmm. Ghost in the Shell nice. type, yeah, 
type in terms of visuals yeah. and what it would look what just what the environment looks like but you combine that with the the I get I guess kind of noir kind of style you know detective obviously is Batman unraveling mystery and then the, of course the action yeah you know you, you have just the, the lore and the lore you know yeah, and There's the plenty lore. Of different stories you can tell. Yeah, I mean, you combine an environment like that with the storytelling of a Nolan type storytelling. I mean, you could have something that could be fantastic, and it could and it could connect with younger audiences too, because Terry McGinnis is much younger when he when he becomes Batman. Yeah, yeah, so, they can take liberties with that however they want. Yeah, they can take liberties with that however. I mean, when it comes to his age, he could be anywhere from like I'd say like fifteen to like. 30 to like yeah 25 or yeah. you know he could be like yeah. you know because batman's so old yeah batman's so old it just it's more so about passing the mantle to, exactly. younger, to a younger person yeah even yeah. though in the show he's in high school i wouldn't i wouldn't be as someone i love batman beyond i wouldn't be upset yeah i wouldn't make him this wouldn't be a thing like yeah. titans where i'm like why is he so old like yeah, I, w- I would be like oh well i mean hey yeah if this is the best person to play the role you know if this is the, yeah. this is the story they want to tell i'd be down for it yeah, I wouldn't make him a kid personally. Neither would I. Too much of a Robin, you know, Spider Man vibe. <laughs> you know, I don't think I don't think that's that's necessary. Um, I think it, I think it's too much of an Into the Spider Verse vibe. Right. Mm-hmm. You even go into the Into the Spider Verse thing, you know. And so I I would I would make him over eighteen. Uh, anything over eighteen, in between eighteen and you know, least more I said twenty five, you know. I would even say thirty. I think that that's that's fine. Um, I think to me, I, I look. I think this is an excellent idea. I mean, I think part of me was still intrigued by the Kevin Conroy Batman that we saw in the CW and the possibilities of a CW series. That's Batman Beyond, but uh, that doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. So you know, we're going to have to settle for this. Um, but this is something I believe I mentioned it last week or two weeks ago when we were talking about Michael Keaton, and I was like, you know, we, you know, you could talk about Keaton versus um, versus Bale, uh, and where you know how there are differences there. But the one thing that you can't really get from Bale is this Batman Beyond potential. You know, and I think that's what yeah, makes Keaton way more valuable. You can try and do a Batman Beyond with Bale, but that is kind of like I kind of be like, why aren't you Batman? You know, you can, <laughs> unless you age him, you can really age. You really have to age him, which is possible. But um, and also the 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 Batman, the Burton Batman verse is way more like traditional than what we've seen so far from the Nolan verse. The Nolan verse, we assume that there's more stuff that's happened outside of what we've seen on screen, but still not that much. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think this is a, I think this is an excellent idea. I think, you know, Keaton has the look of, of, you know, the old Bruce Wayne. So I think, I I think that that works. And I think there's a lot of upside personally, you know, this is just my, this is my personal opinion. I would do Terry McGinnis, you know, um, there's some talk of maybe this is, maybe this is Batgirl. Nah, no, that's some talk. Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, we don't need that. You know, kind of putting that out there. I, personally, yeah, nah. make back make a separate back girl. I think, that's a, I think that's a terrible idea. You yeah, I, make a separate back girl. But I don't see here a back girl beyond. No, no, pass. I'll, I I I don't know if I'd see that. Yeah, even I'm just like, in protest <laughs> as a Batman <laughs> fan of yeah. beyond. I am not yeah, seeing I'm a back like, girl beyond. But it goes back to what we were saying before about the conversation we had last week about like you know creating diversity artificially, like. 
there's right, a right. Batgirl character that you can do a movie for <laughs> that you've been saying you're gonna do a movie for. We just talked about it the last segment with Whedon. Like, I want to see that movie because I really like the Barbara Gordon character, and I want to see them put something together with that. I don't want to see you make just make Batman Beyond a woman for the sake of now, diversity. That's that's now, you have kind of canon that can include diversity. Now, on that subject, though, I would be fine. I would almost encourage them to make Terry McGinnis a minority. I think that there's an awesome opportunity if they want to do the whole black Batman or Asian Batman. I, I could do that. I could do that. Hispanic Batman. I don't know how I feel about that. I This is the perfect opportunity. Like, Bruce Wayne, I think that's a little too jarring for people. You know, I, <laughs> I'm be honest. I wouldn't do it. I think it's a bad business move. I think it's, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be a little too divisive for people. But Terry McGinnis, I I think you can get people 100% to buy that. There's going to be some people. Like, oh, I don't want to see this, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, imagine Michael B. Jordan was playing Terry McGinnis. You know, he, he, might, he might be, I don't say he's too big, but he might even be a little too old at this point. But, like, imagine if Michael B. Jordan was playing Terry McGinnis, you know. Well, John I mean, he McGinnis. basically did when he was playing... You know, uh, Austin. You know, he's Creed. Yeah, yeah Adonis Creed. I mean, that's. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Creed is Batman Beyond. Yeah, that, exactly. that's the story. It's the <laughs> boxing Batman Beyond. So it wouldn't be that far off for him. Right, which is why he probably wouldn't do it. He'd be like, I don't know, this has got a lot of, it looks a little weird on the portfolio. But you know, or J.D. Washington, you know, somebody, you know, or um, John Boyega, you know, like there are those are just black actors. You know, but I think you can go with Asian actors as well. Um, I think, or Hispanic actors. I, I think this is a good opportunity for them to introduce some diversity uh, for a major, major character. I mean, a, a, a minority Batman. That'd be a huge, huge story. I don't know. I mean, I feel like that. I mean, I, well, I'll say this. I think they should cast the best person for the role. And Terry McGinnis is like, isn't he half Asian anyway? Um, yes, he is. All right, right. So, um,. So yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. I think they should cast the best person for the role. I don't think they should. I don't think they should like just, um, you know, just say, "Oh, let's make the, now's the time for right, the minority right. Batman." Right, which, right, right, right. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Are there people asking for for a black Batman? I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there, but is that like an actual thing that people are like? I mean, I mean, demanding? it's not realistic at, at the stage in terms of. Like, I've, I've right. never heard people say make Batman black. I've heard the right. Superman thing a lot. Never Batman. Superman is more is more popular and it's way more realistic at this stage because we might get a Superman recasting. So. Right. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think it's. Or here's what I'll say. I, I would be okay with it if. I'd be more okay with it if we got a comic book adaptation beforehand, because especially from a move from the movies, I feel like it's just it seems very cash grabby, very tokeny, very like come see us, we're and it's just like I don't, uh, you know, you just you're just changing it just to get my ticket for the wrong reasons, you know. I mean, I see that sham. I, I see I see where you're coming from in that, but I also I feel like. There are, there are certainly um, nuances, and there are different creative avenues you can take with Terry being black. That could just be advantageous artistically 
and creatively as well. Like, mm-hmm. it could end up being, you know, okay, yes, th- yeah, this is attention-grabbing, but it also may be best for the, the story we're doing. Like, should they not do it for the sake of we don't want to look like we're trying to grab people's attention or just artificially create diversity? Like, if like I could see, like, black men having to have that kind of interaction with a young black male could be very, it would be very entertaining, be very interesting. It's not something, uh, you know, we've never really seen it until recently with the Duke character in the DC Rebirth um, that we have with Batman, where one of his new wards is you know, a young black kid who I think is LGBTQ. I think he's gay, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, like, and and there and it's a really great partnership, and like it has different nuances. It has a different feel than his other uh, relationships with the Robins. I think that that's important. I think that that's uh, that's 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 not that's not in, that's not invaluable. Like you know, just it'd be kind of interesting about the idea of like the costume. You don't see who's under the costume. You don't know what they look like at all. You know, so I mean, right. like there be people that probably think that he's white. You know. Like that may that may not matter. It may be a hard thing to kind of navigate in the story of making that a thing. But like even that would be kind of interesting. Like oh yeah, the costume's different. You know, I, you know because you can't really tell who's who's under the costume versus the original Batman costume. Um, yeah, I mean I think I, I now you know after processing you know because I I even you know had to remember specifically that, you know, he, he was half Asian, you know, that, that may be something that they have, that they'll do is make him mm-hmm. Asian, you know, or half Asian and go with the, the, cause you do, you do, are they going to do the whole thing where, you know, Bruce Wayne's his dad, you know, that's a whole nother thing that they kind of threw in wrong monkey wrench. They kind of threw in at the end. They don't have to do that at all. But, um, but even if not, like you could still make him, uh, an Asian character. Um, and, you know, I, I, again, I think either way, you know, I think, I think these, that could be big. You can, I mean, they, they can just, they can do, you know, a white actor, but, um, to me, it would feel like a missed opportunity. You know, he, Terry McGinnis is a character, the person I just, I'm not gonna say I wouldn't, I wouldn't cry about, but like, I, I just would be like, whatever. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I don't think, I think if he, if you found a black actor who you thought was great for the role, I, there's, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think that he's actually kind of the perfect character if you're going to make him black. Like this, this person makes sense. Like there, like he doesn't have a long canon. He doesn't have this great history that's like can't be altered or touched in any way. Um, he kind of this this the fandom for Batman Beyond is big, but it's still kind of a cult following. So I think that. Whatever, whoever you may lose in that cult following by making him black, I think you'll gain by him being black. Like the black folks that will be in now interested in this. So I, I think that if you're gonna if you're gonna take the risk, which I can, I wouldn't take it if it's unnecessary. You shouldn't just put a black guy in there, and then the guys the role doesn't fit or doesn't make sense. Like it's got to make sense. Um, if they want to do that, that's fine. I wouldn't have an issue with it. Also, I wouldn't have an issue with them keeping the status quo. Having him being, you know, being a white actor or being a, a you know, white half, white half Asian actor, that's that's something I could uh, I could live with as well. Um, speaking of other movies in development, this is a movie, guys. I'm really excited about. Uh, there, uh, there was also a word. This one from uh, Jeremy Conrad that uh, 
that Zatanna is apparently in development as a movie. Of course, Zatanna is the magician superhero, very close to Batman. Um, Father Zatara also was a superhero. Guys, I think that this, this, I think, is a fantastic idea. I think that if done right, I think this could be one of the biggest individual franchise DC's had, DC has. Because we kind of forget that since the end of Harry Potter and now with kind of the gross behavior we've seen from J.K. Rowling, the like teen slash young adult magician wizard bag right now is occupied by no one. There's no franchise that's really touching that universe, that, that fandom. And there are a lot of young kids who love that kind of stuff. And to me, Zatanna is, uh, she's charismatic. Her powers are awesome. She's a female. And it's, it's, it's in, within the demographic that I think will attract a lot of young teens and young adults to watch. If done right and promoted correctly, I think this could be a, a huge smash. When I heard this news, I was like, this is great. This is exactly the kind of thing DC should be doing. I'm all for a Tatana movie. Kendall, what do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, a Zatanna movie, uh, it's an interesting idea. I think casting uh, is going to be important. Um, you know, I think... And whenever whenever I think about casting, I especially, I, I always wonder, like... Because there are names that I think about where I'm like, oh, this would be interesting. Um, but, like, you also wonder about, all right, like, what level of actor or actress are they looking for for these roles? So for Zatanna, like, are they are they looking for an A-lister, or are they looking for a TV actor or actress rather that is that's trying to be on the come up, or is trying to make the make kind of a big break situation? The, those those that's always tough to navigate. So, um, but that's that's going to be interesting to see, and also just the you know the age thing as well. Is she is she going to be somebody that's younger? Or is she going to be somebody that's um, you know in her twenties? You know that that that'll also be something that uh, they'll have to decide. But to me, this this is something, especially with the Constantine stuff that we'll talk about as well. This to me ties into a larger uh, uh, Justice League Dark Universe. Um, and whether that's on HBO Max or it's theatrical, I don't know yet. Um, but assuming it ties into a larger Justice League Dark Universe, I think that this is interesting. I, as as a one off, I'm a little bit more leery about it. Um, then I think you you'd have to really cast somebody that's 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 charismatic and that is uh you know, that is, you know, attention grabbing, but, um, it, but outside of that, uh, but if it does connect to the dark universe, I think that this could actually, uh, catch people's attention and that along with other characters and then you kind of combine them it, again, it goes to the Avengers model. I think the Avengers model is doable if you do it right. And it seems like the dark universe may be, going in that route 
and I, I think it's something that they probably should have learned uh, with the ori- with the actual Justice League. But um, no, I think this is, I think this is uh, mostly good news. Yeah, um, I mean, I think this is very good news. I mean, when it comes to a Zatanna movie, the first thing that comes to my mind is, um, like, honestly, like Doctor Strange, um, with regards to Marvel. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people see Doctor Fate as the DC's Doctor Strange, and in a lot of ways he is. But I feel like a Zatanna movie can kind of capture that kind of... Um, you know, especially with regards to him studying in the libraries and looking up the spells and all that stuff. Yeah. I feel like a Zatanna movie would kind of have that same flavor. Though, of course, less, you know, being, you know, stuck in some faraway land kind of thing. Yeah, you have less of that. You yeah, know, less of that. More, legacy. Yeah, idea. less of that more just tutelage, personal yeah. tutelage. Um, but... But I think in terms of the, the, abil- the scale of their abilities and what they'll be able to do and and the types of villains they'll be fighting, I think it'll be something very similar. I think it could be really good. Um, I mean, I think you can make Zatanna a young hero as well. I mean, I think there's a lot of flexibility with that in terms of what DC will want to do. And I think that it could... Um, um, I don't know. I think it could be really interesting. I mean, it's a young female lead superhero that is not super known kind of a blank canvas in terms of what how you want this superhero how you want this hero to be like personally like personality wise um so yeah i mean i think this is a good idea <laughs> so I, and I, I, think, I think there's a lot of upside and i feel like zatanna's powers and kind of her vibe also is very pro like I think females would really get behind it. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't feel like like a lot of in a lot of ways the criticisms with superheroes are the idea they're these idealized females from the male perspective, mm-hmm. and that while there may be female heroes or female characters, they might not really attract female audiences because there's nothing about them that is relatable because it's seen through the eyes of men. But I feel like Zatanna again, done properly, could feel totally different. I think, again, you know, not to make this, you know, more too simplistic, like, yo, man, girls like magic. But, like, I do feel like just everything about her, she isn't, like, your typical superhero, you know? Like, she's not, I'm wearing a cape and I punch people. Yeah, she's like not, She's not beating people up. Right. It's a dip. She, she moves totally differently. I think she moves in a way I think what young girls could absolutely relate to way more than... And it's not to say that there's nothing wrong with Wonder Woman, who I think is a great example of female strength. And I think women related to in a way that was obviously resonated greatly. But I do think there's also something in some ways, I think, even more relatable about Zatanna, because I think she won't she won't feel as foreign, I think, to young females who may want to watch this kind of movie. Like when you like Wonder Woman is outstanding, but part of it is because like, wow, you don't see women doing that or black widow is kind of crazy like wow we don't see women doing like that and that's in some ways the appeal of those kind of characters but there's also appeal in familiarity and being okay it's a superhero i'm not sure i got me into this but then if you watch the movie or you kind of see what the time is about and you're like oh wow this seems way less superhero-y 
than I'm used to. This is something I can get behind. I mean, this is, I, I can't stress enough. I think that this is a, 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 a idea that DC has to do. I think that this is nah. a huge, huge win potentially if they can pull this off. My guess is that this will this will be not theatrically released. My guess is that this is for HBO Max. Why do you say that? Well, I think this is going to tie into whatever Abrams is doing. All right, which I mean, again, we're, we're going to get. We should be getting into that very soon as well. Right. I also think and this I, is. This is. Oh, I'm sorry. What were you say? Well, I was going to say because it's not theatrically released. You know, I think they're going to go for a, which actually might be better. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter, but I, you know, I think you may catch, you still, you still may catch that that audience that EJ is talking about, that demographic. But mm. you know, I think, um, you know, I think that opens that also opens the, the door for more people in terms of casting. You know, I think right. if you're talking about a theatrical release. You know, if you're not casting an A-lister, man, that's that's a, that's going to be a tough sell, Zatanna. Yeah. But but for a but for a, uh, an HBO Max series or an HBO Max movie, even which I think is more likely probably a movie that ties into a Justice League Dark show, kind of doesn't matter who you cast. You could cast an A-lister and that or somebody's big in the TV room, and that's will go get eyeballs. But um, mm. it could just be even you know, so a no name and um. still be big. I also think this this a movie like this could have a kind of now you see me kind of vibe. Yeah, that's as well, what I was thinking as well. Which mm. I think, which I think would be now you see me like the magicians and um, even uh, well not necessarily Chris Angel but but I mean just that that yeah, kind of the Houdini kind the Houdini of oh like what kind of yeah. vibe like, that's what's even like different about this is, is we haven't really seen there's, there's that, that there's in that a kind while. of showmanship. You know, like we got it. that with, um, like Shamari Shamari mentioned something like "Now You See Me," but like even Harry Potter is definitely more in the wizard realm. Right. You know, the magician thing is really nothing that we've seen before when yes, it comes exactly. to like superheroes, like heroes, right? So that that should that should be interesting. Yeah, we got the DC fandom event coming up soon. So two uh, secret movies. If you yeah, go to the website, two, yeah, they got two secret. They movies. Have, you can ask questions about any movie. And they have a list of any movie, DZ property, show, or anything. And on the bottom of the list, it's secret movie number one, secret movie number two. So, it's, Again, speaking of secret movies, one of the uh, movies also uh, reportedly in development as well, as Kendall mentioned, is Constantine. Not secret. So, uh, so Constantine has been uh, a character that DC definitely has had, always had, Warner Brothers has always had great interest in, whether it be on television and, and through movies, we've seen several iterations of the character, and apparently, they could be making uh, another return. Is uh, reportedly supposed to be being produced by Bad Robot and J.J. Abrams uh, himself. J.J. Abrams, of course, uh, runs Bad Robot. They have this massive deal with Warner Brothers that was signed just, uh, I think, last year. And uh, in the article that was that was uh, posted by the direct, they said, "quote The film will have a similar feel and tone to." Bad Robot's other current uh, upcoming projects, which include Justice League Dark, uh, uh, HBO Max show, as well as a as a Zatanna movie. So I'll give this to Kendall. Kendall, are you on board with a, another Constantine project? Personally, I don't really need another Constantine project. Uh, you know, I think 
you he's the he's honestly the one character, not the one character, but he's one of the characters that you could have just had him in Justice League Dark and I would have been like, Yep, Constantine. <laughs> just like he was in, in Legends, you know. Oh uh, yeah, there's Constantine. We don't need his backstory because we've got it a million times. You know. He's starting to become so, the worst wild of the DC universe. Really is, man. Um uh personally, I like I mean a lot of people talking about casting is a big thing right now. Who is going to play Constantine? And, you know, Matt Ryan is somebody that people still want in the, in the fray. Part of me is like, I think we got to move on from Matt Ryan. You know, Matt Ryan is great. You know, we played him in the animated the animated stuff recently. You know, he's he played him in Legends and I played him on NBC. But uh, I, I think we got to, because at some point it becomes confusing to have one guy play the character. He plays him really well, so I think that's why they're not afraid to go back to him. But, you know, who, who's to say there's not going to be a better, you know, uh, Constantine? If Christian Bale is the only person playing Batman, you know, that, that I mean, it's good. But who, what if Pattinson plays a better Batman? If, you know, Heath Ledger was ended up being the only person to ever play Joker, then we would have never seen Joaquin Phoenix. So... You know, we would have never gotten Leto, so maybe maybe it would have been a you know eye for an eye, but mm-hmm. <laughs> no, didn't no disrespect to Leto. But um, mm-hmm. so I, I I then some people were talking about Keanu Reeves possibly. You bring Keanu Reeves back as Constantine. You know, you want to talk about you know you want to talk about breaking the internet if Keanu Reeves was playing Constantine he's and back J. as Neo and he's coming back as Constantine. Yeah, if you play them in a J.J. Abrams Constantine show slash movie that would break the internet you know and it's maybe you know i, mean, I don't know if it would break the internet i, mean, I feel you know, yeah, breaking the internet uh, i think it would with abrams involved a uh, jj abrams produced movie that's starring keanu reeves reprising an old role yeah that's right in whatever box office number you're looking for open opening weekend i'd be i'd have to go back and watch oh. the, the the first one I mean, Keanu Reeves is the hot thing right now, so maybe. But what do you think of this, Sham? Are you? Are you what do you think of this? Uh... Yeah. Um. I mean, I'd be down. I'm down for for a Constantine movie. Um. I mean, maybe it's because I haven't. I mean, maybe it's because I haven't been watching Legends. I mean, I know he's been on Legends. <laughs> um, really, I didn't. I didn't realize it. <laughs> but I mean, I'd be down for a Constantine movie. Um. I mean, I've seen him in. Uh, he's he's been in a lot of things as you guys have pointed out. I mean, he's been he had his movie a while ago. Um, he's been in, uh, I mean, obviously in the comics. Um, he's been in various TV, TV shows, including his own TV show. Um, so I mean, you've seen a lot of uh, a good amount of Constantine lately. Um, but I think I don't know. I mean, I'd just be up for seeing a good current kind of theatrical iteration of Constantine. I think he'd be I think he'd be a, a good character for DC to introduce. Um, I feel he's kind of that interesting kind of dark he kind of adds a kind of dark humor to um, the DC universe that I feel like they don't really have. I feel like it's either it's either just dark for the sake of just being dark or very lighthearted in a Shazam kind of kind of lightheartedness. 
or Wonder Woman kind of purity kind of thing. So, I mean, I feel like a John a Constantine movie would be like a good kind of just a different tone to everything. Um, and I feel like it, it'd probably be very, very interesting also, just in terms of his production, especially with J.J. Abrams behind it. I'm sure he would produce the heck out of, heck out of a Constantine movie. So it would be produced very well. I mean, probably get the tone down. So I don't know. I mean, I, I'm down for it. I, I think it's a good idea. Um, look, man, I, I, I want to say that I want to, I want to get behind, you know, this project. I, I really, I really would, but I'll be honest, it's hard for me because we've gone down this road with Constantine so often. And look, he's a cool character. I like him. I have nothing against Constantine. But like for me, it's just like at certain points, like, can we try someone else? You know what I'm saying? Like, like it was cool when they first decided, hey, we're going to do a kind of a C-list DC character. But, you know, a character that's, you know, really awesome and people really enjoy. It. And we all did enjoy it. Like, I don't think anybody dislikes Constantine. But with DC trying to expand its universe, you know, we're, we're talking about Batman Beyond today. We're talking about Zatanna. In the past, we talked about Blue Beetle. There's so many characters that we have not explored in live action. When I hear, hey, we're going to do Constantine again as a solo film, I mean, that's just... You know, hit the snooze button, man. Like you know, turn the lights out. Like I, I, it's hard for me to get excited for that. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, the only justification for doing something like this would be to have uh, Keanu Reeves come back. For me to be that excited. Now I like Justice League Dark. Like that idea of doing a movie, a team up, and him being involved. Totally cool with that. That is different than my feelings on a solo Constantine movie. That is a path we just walked down way too often we've had movie we had tv shows we've had them appear in tv shows as a regular like at what point do we decide okay let's shake it up and do another movie that maybe people haven't seen i'm just constantine out for me you know that's just my take on it. i i could I, I know he has a a, a cult following and, and a fan base there's no disrespect to them i'm sure they would love the idea of having him back in the fold but i, I can't get that excited about this because of that because we've seen him so often. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm with you on that. But they've already decided they're doing Justice League Dark. So for me, if you're gonna do Justice League Dark, you might as well just we're getting well another Constantine anyway. Yeah, we're gonna get him. You know, do we not need this at all? Like, look, Abrams wants to put in the work; he can do it. My question would be like, who else? We're getting Zatanna separately. Like, because that was that was my thing. Because my thing was like, I mean, should we? Ra- would I rather have a Dead Man movie? Probably not. You know, like if you're doing a good Constantine, I'd rather have a, a good Constantine than a Dead Man. I mean, is Constantine going to be like the Deadpool of not in terms of breaking the fourth wall, but right. just in terms of the dark kind of nature and the kind of anti-hero kind of I'm not a good guy, but. I did save the Deadpool day. Deadpool is so, so crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be as crazy and, and, and <laughs> not quite as farcical. Right, right, right. But I feel like that kind of humor is going to be present throughout the movie. Right. Like, throughout the whole movie. Like, his movie that's or, just or how Justice League Dark? His movie. Right. And Justice League Dark, too, because he'll be a primary member of the team. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see a little bit of the Deadpool comparisons. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that, you know we could compare them to in terms of like um 
people that we've seen, you know, and who DC could possibly be trying to replicate them off of. But I mean, I could see Deadpool. You know, it's probably the closest thing we've seen in recent years. So uh, the role I, I could see him playing this. Um, but I, I just, I mean, I, I feel like if he's if it's Matt Ryan, I'll say this: if it's Matt Ryan, I don't need to see a costume. Waste of time. <laughs> Complete waste of time. You know, he already has a bunch of source material. I've, I've seen your back. resume. I've seen your resume. But yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Anyone else? Then look. I, I mean, all right. I'll see a reboot, Constantine. It, I hope it's somebody big. Personally, I hope it's a big A-lister. So if it's someone you never heard of, you're gonna be like, ah, uh, yeah, man, I'm yawning. Wow. Yeah, just, <laughs> but yeah, that would be a little bit more of like, uh, I don't know. You know, better red flag. I mean, Constantine. I. It's a character that I don't think you're getting people as we saw last time, as they learned the hard way. You're not getting people to to watch Constantine unless it's a huge actor. Um, so I think if I were running Warner Brothers I, and I was the point man on this, I'm I'm telling them we gotta you gotta find find me a name that's gonna generate buzz. Keanu Reeves would do that, but um, assuming you can't get Keanu Reeves, there may be other names that that could fit the character. I mean, Charlie Hunman, somebody that we still haven't seen in a superhero movie. You know, he could be a good fit for Constantine. So, um, I, I mean, I don't know. I think this is intriguing, but it's also um, not like the the most exciting news I've ever heard. Um, last story. Real quick. Do, do we think that Swamp Thing connects to this universe at all? I hope so. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. I didn't really think of Swamp Thing when we were talking about all this. Uh so then they'll give him three characters with with prior sort material going into Justice right. League, which may be. And yeah. the Swamp Thing is so like kind of ambiguous, like anyway, you know, like. I mean, it would probably make sense if if the if the Swamp Thing is going to be part of DC uh, of the Justice League Dark, then I think it would make sense to have someone with previous canon, because I think that in some ways it is it very well may take that kind of, you know. In, you know, initial fan base to boost this movie, yeah, or show whatever it's gonna be, yeah, show, you know? yeah, yeah. So I can see that, you know, and they're bringing you know Swamp Thing back to the CW for a reason. We all thought it was weird. They're bringing it back, but it's only the first season, which was kind of not complete anyway because of all the stuff that happened with them shooting in North Carolina. It all didn't make sense. That could be an explanation to why they're doing it, how they're doing it. So I can see that for sure. Um, I quickly want to mention, uh. Stargirl has been renewed, but with a catch. So, Stargirl, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes, has been a phenomenal season one so far. It has been picked up for season two, but it will no longer be streaming on the DC Universe app for the next season. It will be picked up on the CW app and uh, and the CW's digital platforms. So, DC Universe loses another uh, original content uh exclusive cw picks up another superhero show that's going to be exclusively now on that network shamari i said it on twitter but to me i think that is all obvious here um it's a wrap for dc universe it's over um this this you know i mean unless there's something i'm missing unless there's some idea where Maybe they're using DC Universe as a proving ground for other places. <laughs> but I, I, what about the bus, EJ? 
What do you say? Say warm up the bus. I mean, it's, it's a wrap, man. Pack it in. It's over. Like, I mean, that's because because when I'm trying to rationalize, I love DC Universe as SRAM. I know you love DC Universe app. Um, me trying to rationalize any positive positive take out of this. The only thing, again, the only thing I come up with is, well, maybe they're looking at DC Universe as a place to launch certain shows and see how they do, and if they do well, move them to the other Warner Brothers properties. But it just, it just seems like such an unnecessary step. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why wouldn't you just put it on the network? Like, I, I don't know. I don't see that as being a thing. I think that this is a, this is just, you know, you got Doom Patrol, you know, showing now, you know, both places, but who knows what season three will look like and whether it will remain on both DC Universe and HBO Max. You have, um, you know, again, the Swamp Thing canceled, but now season one appearing on CW. And you have uh, Harley Quinn, which is increasingly looking like it will be heading to HBO Max for season three. The writing's on the wall. Am I not wrong, Sham? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think this is, um, well, first of all, I shout out to Stargirl for getting, yes, for getting a season two. I think the show's been fantastic, and we'll talk about that a little later as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, the writing is absolutely on the wall. It's unfortunate, you know, as you pointed out, I'm a big fan of the DC Universe app. I think it has been um, run spectacularly. I use I use the app on a fa- fairly consistent basis. I have a huge library of books, a huge. Um, you know, a lot of content on there. Um, their their technical team, their technical support, also is super responsive. Whenever I have any kind of issue, um, so I mean, shout out to the to DC Universe, man. They 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 tried, they really tried with making this app successful. Um, DC Daily shouted uh, Tiffany Smith and and um, you know all the other people that worked on that show as well. I know they tried with that as well. But, um, you know, all good things come to an end at some point. And, uh, you know, it looks like everything's going to be focused on HBO Max. The writing has been on the wall with regards to DC Universe for a very long time. Since they announced HBO Max, the writing's been on the wall. It's yeah, a matter of time. That at least certainly raised some eyebrows. Raised a lot of eyebrows. And at that point, I was kind of like, okay, so DC Universe is just a thing of the past at this point. Yeah. I mean, and then they're, now they're combining the packages. If you're a DC Universe subscriber, you can get HBO Max for a reduced price, and you can kind of combine the the two accounts. And I'm like, yeah, they're basically trying to help people who have DC Universe and not HBO Max, but people that have both to only have one. So it's just, you know, they're just DC Universe is gonna be a thing of the past very soon. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, um, sad, sad day. You know, I remember the day we were talking about DC Universe. You know, yeah, man. this thing dropped. Like, this oh, thing was DC announced. Universe. Like, oh, this is crazy. Yeah. Um. So sad day. You know, it's only been what a year, two years, pretty much. It's been at least a couple years. Now. Yeah, it's probably been around two years. Since yeah, the thing I mean, we had around. Swamp Thing. We had first season. Of yeah, Titans. We had two seasons of Titans. At this it's, point. it's been at least a few years. Yeah. So, um, this is unfortunate. Uh, DC Universe had a good run. Um. The question is how much of what DC Universe has gets moved to HBO Max? Is it 100% of it? 
or is some of the stuff I can't I can't imagine the I can't imagine the books the books are gonna go I think I think that's just that would yeah, I think the books are, I, are dead yeah that's, so that's gonna be sad yo because I was ready man to do that do those deep dives you know <laughs> got some time I know I you I know but we you know we we share pretty much all of injustice yeah we share an account so I've seen it <laughs> yeah. yeah man I mean I think that um I think DC Universe is in a position where you know i think look they have a lot of content so putting it all on hbo max could either be too much for them or you know where you kind of clutter the app a little bit where you know, we have a <laughs> right. lot of stuff that people just wouldn't watch you know or like or or people that regular people have hbo max ever going to touch some of these shows you know the supergirl right. movie from yeah. the night to 1985 or whatever <laughs> like, <laughs> probably <laughs> never but um, but like, there's still a lot of good stuff on there, you know. That's not on uh, HBO Max. So like, Static Shock. Is t- does Static Shock just become lost media? Like, that's something I want to rewatch. I've watched a couple Same. of it. Yeah, yeah, we've seen Static Shock. Yeah, we've watched it on. Yeah, DC yeah, I've watched it <laughs> quite a few times. So I was watching you know? a Batman animated series and and a Superman animated series just yeah I've just a couple of days ago. Like, I don't think The yeah. Batman is on HBO Max. I mean, they have yeah. Batman Beyond remastered, the ba- Batman the Animated Series remastered. Yeah. I mean, what's going to happen to that? Yeah. So, I, you know, that's it's a bit of a red flag uh, for me personally. You know, I think DC Universe uh, should probably find a way to rebrand itself into HBO Max if they can. But if they can't, um, I you know, I think it's just it's it's, it's something that is unfortunate. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough. It's a tough loss. Yeah, it is, yo. I, I think I, I, what I hope is, you know, like you said, if, you know, and there is when you go in the, the HBO Max app, at least or an Xbox, like there is a DC section. Like I kind of hope that maybe they can kind of just make that DC section what DC Universe kind of is now. Like, I'm sure. Like again, I don't think you're gonna see the comic books, or you know, obviously DC Daily just got canceled, um, so we're not gonna see any kind of shows like that. Or any specials like that, but you can just you know like again. I don't like say I don't need the Supergirl movie. I don't need Superman four. Like there's certain things I, I I never will need. But you know, give me like I recently I just I watched you probably guys saw I, I watched uh actually I think I might have watched this on HBO Max. I'm not sure, but I watched uh Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. Like mm-hmm. you know, make sure that's on there. Make sure um I recently watched you know One One Bloodlines, which I also recommend for everybody. Really good movie. Like. Make sure those animated movies are on there. You know, make sure that you said Static Shock, Batman Beyond, obviously the usual Justice League. Um, uh, you know, Justice even League things like Brave and the Bull, the Batman, like shows that aren't going to be exactly. You yeah, know, just make sure like, like the basics, old classics, but stuff that you know is kind of lost there's, media. Yeah, there's no reason why I shouldn't have to you know go to Best Buy and hope that they got one more copy of the season one of Batman and Brave and the Bull to have it. Like, that should be something I should be able to go online and see it. And I shouldn't have to go on Amazon and pay $10 for it. Like, that's, I should just be able to give you my money on a regular basis and have all this library together all in one place. It was smart for them to do it. I'm, I, I'm telling you, man, I think this whole DC Universe thing would have been so different if Titans was an entirely different show. Like, if, if Titan, they would have just, as I said in the beginning, gave the people what they wanted when they said they were doing Titans. None of this would have happened. Because Titans could have been one of the biggest things on television right now, and instead they wanted to make it its dark, weird thing that it is. And it's not even bad, but it's just, it's just, it just wasn't going to attract the kind of people that they thought they were going to be getting. 
should be, and we're we're gonna talk about it real soon. But um, tar- Titans should be Star Girl. Absolutely, one hundred percent. The stuff that we see, that we see in Star Girl, like in Star Girl, we'll talk about it has has pushed the envelope a little bit on ter- in terms of like, wow, there's a lot, of, you know, a lot of stuff is probably not realistic, but like, it's, <laughs> but it's still like it's a superhero show, you know, and like it could easily be. T- she probably knows what I'm talking about, you know, but like. It, it, it's still a superhero <laughs> show, but Titans pushes that envelope to like the tenth degree of like, wow, this is barely even Teen Titans. Beyond the fact that it's realistic, beyond the fact it's not realistic. So, like, I I feel like Titans could have been a big deal, but it's not. And Star Girl, you know, it's such a better show than Titans. Beyond one hundred percent, you know, yeah. there are some similarities there. Like, it's just Titans just is is average. Like, it's it. Leaves a lot to be desired. The way the seasons, they don't really generate that much interest. Nope. You know, last season did a better job of like with the the Deathstroke thing. I was like, all right, this is kind of interesting. With Jericho, there was some some intrigue, but I mean, I'm not going into next season. I'm really not that interested. I'm like Blackfire. I'm so excited. You know, it's gonna be so 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 hype. So I don't know. You know, it's a, it's a shame. You know, I think Titans. I'm not saying we gotta cancel Titans. They might. Kenner, we're getting. Um, aren't we getting? Um... Tim Drake and we're getting uh, Tim Drake. We're getting Blackfire. Blackfire. And, you know, we might be getting Lex Luthor. Titans is supposed to be the flagship show of the DC universe, <laughs> and not one of these other Warner properties have had any interest in Titans. No, they haven't touched it. And Think now, about that. I've always thought like, oh, maybe this means DC universe is here to stay, but we all see <laughs> it's it. Just, that's not it, the case. It's just the last one left. <laughs> yeah. So is that? Do we think that DC that Titans is going to die with DC universe? Yes. Wow, I hope not. I think it's moving. I hope not too, because I watch it, and again, it's not a terrible show. But what it was supposed to do with DC Universe again, I I would love to have been in those boardrooms and been in those creative writing rooms. Not that to say that I'm a great writer or anything, but somebody had been there say, "Yo, we can't do this for this show." I'm not saying it can't be done for other projects, or maybe we could do a different Titans project that's similar to this, but. For a show where you're launching an app for the the generic hardcore DC fans, we can't have Bat and Robin snapping, snapping bones and cursing in the ta- trailer. Like, who thought that that was a good idea? Regardless of whether or not your show was great, and we all agree, I think that the Titans trailer did not do the show justice at all. I think all of us can agree on that. But who thought that that was a good idea? And, and then just to present the show as it is, it, it, it's just so frustrating because, again, there was so much potential with this property that as a, as a consumer I'm so invested in to see it just whittle, just whittle away because that's what's happening. Man, it's just, it's, it gets me on my nerves, as you guys can hear probably as the, the listeners. Like, this shouldn't be happening. Like, DC Universe was a really good idea. It was a smart idea. It should have been just like groundbreaking like and instead it's 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 on its last days it's just being folded into other properties superheroes are the biggest thing or one of the biggest things in america right now like how do you mess that up every every other avenue has found a way to make superheroes work for them and somehow in the mobile app department DC and Warner Brothers weren't unable to. That it just it just ticks me off because as, again, as a consumer and as a fan, I was completely vested, and I still am. And the fact that I'm losing 
it because I feel like it, it all stemmed from that one mistake. Like I don't think I don't know if DC Universe has made a mistake since that show aired, since that trailer started. Well, uh, yeah, I say since the show aired. I wouldn't say since the trailer because the show I think isn't what it should be. But every everything they've done has hit, and it's like yeah, but. When you're launching an app, the first thing you do is the most important thing. Like, really, it's, it's the only thing. And DC Universe is nearing its premature end because of its original sin for wanting to be edgy with Titans. When nobody was asking for that. And everybody had a vision of Titans that people love, like, unconditionally. Like, the, the Teen Titans cartoon and people's vision of the Teen Titans comic book is a certain thing. It's, 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 it's very clear. It's very obvious. Nobody wants it any different. And DC, unsolicited, just mucked it up. And I, 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 for the life of me, I, I don't get it. And like I said before, sometimes, you know, I, again, I love Jeff Johns. He's an unbelievable, smart, creative guy. But sometimes I feel like these creators... Instead of doing things to give the fans what they want, they get in, they get too involved in their vision of stuff. That's why. Well, what my beef with Zack Snyder? It was like nobody's asking you to do any of this. Like we love these characters, we love them as they are. You don't have to do a lot. But some people get. I think these creators sometimes get too into their bag of what they can elevate or what they could do to make these characters, you know, greater, and it ends up. Making things worse. I think that's what Jeff Johns and Berlanti and those guys did with Titans. Titans is a, is a, is a certain property and they made it something different and it was not for the better. And I, I anybody who is arguing differently, I don't think knows anything about comic books or superheroes or making money. Because I, I don't know how you can see what's happening in DC Universe and say that this is good for business. What they did with Titans was smart. Clearly it wasn't. Anyway, let's get to... TV recaps start with a DC Universe property that is no longer a property as of next season, but still is on DC Universe now. It is how I consume the show. I know it's on CW, I guess, but I've never watched an episode on CW. Stargirl, we had uh, episodes recently. This actually were, these were two-part episodes, which was really cool. Um, though I don't feel like I didn't, in some ways they felt two-part, but in some ways I didn't necessarily feel like they had to be considered two-part. But nonetheless, uh, these episodes were uh, Sheev parts one and two. This is season one, episode seven and eight. And I said it, uh, I don't know, I think I said it at the top of the show, I don't remember. But man, what a time. I said it definitely during a pre-production meeting. What a time to be a superhero fan in terms of the content that's on television. Because between Stargirl and then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then we talked last week about Doom Patrol, you got three excellent shows in rotation right now. Um, these episodes of Stargirl I thought were um, phenomenal. They are among my favorite episodes of the season so far. And we finally got, I think, the moments that we kind of were waiting for, which was to see Stargirl really kind of, you know, get, to, to kind of get, you know, get beat up. You know, <laughs> kind of see her, uh, uh, you know, be taking a, a few notches down. Like, we, we've seen Courtney kind of, play with fire and kind of be very reckless and never actually really dealt with the ramifications of that. And now in these episodes, we finally get to see that. No, she, she, uh, she goes to football games, decides to go off and follow 
the principal who's the fiddler and she finds herself you know in the the tunnels of the injustice society and she ends up squaring up with uh with with someone who she didn't expect to be a super villain but as it turns out um uh why can't i remember her name um cindy berman yeah cindy berman is also uh, a super powered uh offspring of one of the justice uh, injustice society members she has powers she has uh it seems like adept fighting ability and she just uh she gives courtney all she can handle i mean she gives her the smoke and um it wasn't until the janitor who we now know may be somebody who's involved with the, with uh being a justice in a justice society member saves courtney in that battle in the uh in the school which i thought uh we do jenny awards man that's a fight scene of the year candidate i thought that first fight that thought that was really well well choreographed um and given like the cgi and budget limitations i assume this show has i was surprised it looked as clean and good as it did uh i, I thought that that you know these there were a lot of elements in these episodes i really liked um i enjoyed seeing like you know uh them trying to get to uh to the girl's home and trying to find whatever they could find and uh you know strike c aka uh you know the luke wilson character you know kind of going in there yeah pat going in there and having to um pretend to be the girl's uh you know stepfather and it, it was all all, it was all good stuff but I think that to me, what this show did, which it needed to, it really needed to establish a main villain, and I feel like it finally was able to do that with uh, with uh, Dr. Shiro Ido, aka you know Dragon King, you know establishing that you know his daughter is been this like terrible bully at the school, who also now we see is like just like basically a trained killer, and that. You know, he's kind of this guy that's kind of pulling all the strings and they're all kind of answering to him. And he has this greater plan. Uh, I feel like the show's really come into focus. You know, I, I really do. But uh, this, these were these were really good episodes, man. I really enjoyed it. These were, this was good stuff. What do you, uh, what did you make of these episodes, Shan? Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought they were really good. Um, like... I mean, we now know that Cindy Berman is a villain, as you pointed out. I mean, makes more sense now. Yeah, it does make a lot of sense. I remember watching she was like a couple episodes. Like she's yeah, unusually. Yeah, I know. Easy. Yeah, I know. Kennel. Yeah, Kennel had pointed it I out. I pointed yeah. that out. I was like, this is she was like, she was like, super, like it's, you, you, talk, you talk about you talk about uh, like caricatures of just mean girls. <laughs> like she was just the most uh, to an absurd level, like to the point <laughs> of how mean she was. Or even that girl that was just following her around was like, "Yo, you're just being a, a B right now. Yeah. Like, you're just why am I follow, Why am I with you? Yeah. I don't know. You know. So it's like, so yeah, it's it's really cool how that connected and everything is kind of connecting. I love how the the web is just spreading to everybody with the with the mom that's spending all this time with Icicle. Yeah, because she works at his company and like, um. And with the 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 brainwave son, also being at the school, oh, yeah. girl, and he's getting his powers. Yeah, he doesn't know what's very, going very on. Very runaways like man. Very runaways like, where it's like, okay, he's gonna be a bad guy. He's gonna be a good guy. What's he gonna end up doing? We don't know. We don't know. 
Icicle Sun. Icicle Sun. You know, does he have powers that yeah, we don't know? About? I mean, there's a lot guy, of stuff. He's gonna be, evil. be a good guy. He's gonna be a bad guy. And it's funny. At a certain point, you would think that the the you know nepotism kind of that takes place throughout the show, where it's like, oh, this guy's son and this girl's daughter and whatever, like everybody being connected. Like you think you get tired of it, but I didn't. Um, I didn't at all when she. It gets better and better. Every it time seems, yeah, they seem to do it in a way that keeps you invested. And when, um, when uh, Sydney Berman, who I didn't, and then also real quickly, I think this show is also a testament to what happens when you do, you know, new shows that people haven't or new characters that people aren't, you know, accustomed to. Like I didn't know Sydney Berman, you know, was a, a character in the comics that was a villain yeah. for Star Girl. Right. I didn't know that she, she was Sheev. That was a villain. Like, yeah. but like. That me not deciding that I don't want to be spoiled. I'm not going to be looking at through every single, you know, yeah, who's, who's Cindy Berman. Right. I'm not looking for every single name or knowing every single reference in order to become kind of a, a really, you know, WTF reveal. Yeah. So I'm able to just watch the show as is and then take it in. Just like I would, I would be reading a comic and just taking it in, and it hits much better those reveals. You know. So her being the, right. you know, the daughter to Dragon King. uh it's it's a it's a strong reveal when you don't look for it happening from the very beginning, but then when you go and do the research and you see how they've weaved her in and and and, and the um, ways in which she's similar to her counter ca- comic book counterpart, it's like oh wow I like what they did here. Yeah, yeah, man. We had uh, you said we had the Asian uh, hoodie, hoodie justice. Right <laughs> oh my god! Right, calm down. Relax. <laughs> No, uh, yeah, like yeah, the Dragon King thing was interesting as well. You know, <laughs> Shiro Ito. You know, the way they 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 threw that 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 character in there was interesting. Uh, how? So do we? Is he? Do we think he's going to be like the top guy? Yes. Or, or, you think he's above Icicle? Yes. I yeah, think. I didn't know he was a top guy. I thought he was just another guy. I think. I, I think that. I think that he. I think that will happen. Is basically. I think he kind of allows Icicle. To act like he's the top guy, but I think that he really is the top guy. And eventually, I think we'll see those guys clash for the top role in the Injustice Society. But he—he like, to me—he to me clearly seems the guy that nobody wants smoke with for good reason. Like he seems right. to be the kind of guy, like the way they're propping him up. It's like, you know, like we don't want to see what he can do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like we've seen Icicle, we've seen, and like he's a bad dude too, obviously, but. I think that I think and then maybe he does maybe kind of like and I think Dragon King may end up being someone that, that is like a villain for season two even so like maybe we don't actually fully get to, to like him being like fully on fighting you know Sargro but I do think that the overarching villain now I think he kind of takes that role and I think and this was the, well, was the one thing I think this show definitely needed I feel like Icicle is good and I like his character so far, but too present. <laughs> yeah, I just think he's like not as intimidating enough for me. Really, really. I, I saw him go up against a rookie Star Girl, and uh, you know, a Stripe who hadn't fought in years, and they both survived. I'm supposed to think this guy is a cold blooded killer. No pun intended. It, it 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 kind of you know if you're you're booking wrestlers is not the greatest uh you're not putting them over by booking that first showdown the way they did oh he killed a kid I mean right. that's not that impressive this guy I haven't seen him fight anybody and I'm like this guy's already scary <laughs> so 
So he's the. I think that he's the guy I'm looking at. Saying, yeah, this is the one. This is the guy that is 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 calling the shots and should be moving forward. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a good interpretation. Um, I could definitely see that. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, I, I'm not sure one way or the other. Um, yeah, no, I think these have been two good episodes. Uh, there's, there's been a nice little arc. Um, I do, you know, look, I mentioned the thing about the show does, sometimes doesn't dabble in reality. You know, it dabbles in the, uh, you know, the extreme, you know, when it comes to, like, I mean, Shamari was here last week, but, uh, you know, when we talked about, or not last week, but two weeks ago, when we talked about Stargirl, um, and we talked about uh, Artemis, and, you know, not Artemis, but Sportsmaster and uh, Tigress, you know, like, uh, that, that, those characters aren't um those characters like aren't probably yeah. realistic you know what i mean like they, the way they were characterized you know and the artemis thing and them knocking out the coach every coach you know the body count of coaches that they've got so like it's funny you know mm-hmm. the way they characterized them it was funny but you know and what we saw with the cindy berman character definitely also extreme how that how that thing is going <laughs> on like you know so i don't know what the deal is but Regardless, this show still uh, handles it really well. Still makes it very interesting uh, to watch. You know, I think um, I thought the stuff with uh, you know the kid I forgot his name. Uh, you know, Pat's son. You know, kind of had oh, yeah. this conflict a little bit. That was kind of interesting. Yeah, that was that was a good that was a good moment. Yeah, you know, because you know that that seemed like you know a realistic reaction. Yep. Um, I, I, at some point, they're going to have to tell the mom, you know, I think, because, you know, that's also becoming a little... Yeah, like, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, ...out of hand. That's 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 going to be interesting. I, this show has a lot of things where I'm like, I don't know where this is going. You know, mm-hmm. Shamari said the, you know, Brainwave Jr., you know, like, what's happening with him? You know, the next episode is entitled Brainwave, so... Mm-hmm. Well, I know, I know what's-the-name said that they need him to, to you know, complete the plan, because yeah, since, exactly. since Homeboy is in the, you know, in the ICU... They yep, need a telepath to complete whatever their entire plan is. Yep. And I did kind of like the nuance, like that little scene they had with Icicle offing the dude who was with the, you know, the oil company or whatever. Like, I kind of like kind of adding that nuance to these people. Like, okay, yes, they're evil. But, like, again, all villains think that they're the heroes of their own story. And kind of adding that to... You know that like thing about learning about how Icicle's wife died, and you know yeah. this vision that this guy has for a new country. Like why? Like why? Like that's a very mustache twirly thing. Why would you think that? Why would I think that this guy a thinks that we need a new vision for a country based on the country that they have, not the country we have? This country, no story. Um, and B, why do I think that? Why? Why would this guy feel this conviction that he can bring bring about that change? that scene of him with the dude and seeing how like his wife was you know taken away from him in a way that was terrible obviously and involved criminal activity like it added nuance to everything they're putting together you know because a lot of these guys you know the gambler even uh dragon king like these guys seem very much that's her like you need someone in that group to kind of ground them a little bit into something that makes sense and uh and that's uh i think that was a good scene to do that yeah, yeah that 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 was a good scene. Um, you know, I think I I 
I'm still I'm still interested in terms of what Project New America ends up like really really looking out and ends up being. Same. Um, how it ends up how it ends up kind of because that's going to be important. You know, I'm not gonna say it's gonna make or break the season because the season's been good, but all these shows have to come to a a conclusion. You know, like Luke Cage season one was great for a long time, but eventually kind of jumped the shark a little bit. You know, and that's something that is gonna be important for the series is how we kind of ultimately re- reach a resolution. Um, it seems like it seems like the the janitor uh is is another dc character uh the shining knight yes um so well, i think he's been in i think he was in justice league unlimited i'm yeah, almost sure definitely unlimited i think he's in episode time. with Stargirl, actually <laughs> yeah that would probably make sense you know justice league unlimited probably had had stripe at some point you know justice league unlimited had like every Maybe that's the way I do after the show. Maybe I watch some Justice League. I mean, that show had every superhero. You look in the background, and you're like, "Whoa, that's uh, that's that's Joe West." <laughs> man, what a concept for a cartoon, man! Like to really expand the DC universe. It was man. an excellent idea. Like something like Marvel has that. Uh, Marvel, they had opportunity. Like Marvel dabbled with it with Marvel's Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Like they would have things where they would have other characters maybe that weren't the Avengers, but um, if they would have really like done that, that would have been awesome. Just the unlimited and how was all these kind of random stories they would, they they weren't all like so connected, so you don't you didn't really need the continuity. There's a lot of good things about Just the Unlimited, man. It's a classic. Yeah, it absolutely is a classic. Um, yeah, man, this show is this show is doing its thing, man. Star Girl. Congrats on the on the season pickup. You know, I'm enjoying the heck out of the season one. You know, part of me still feels like okay, like at what point does the show become just like you know the Justice Society of America show and not Star Girl? But um, especially when you had this episode, this second episode with Star Girl, really uh, out of commission. I did like that, like when Star Girl thought her team was in trouble, like her instinct was just go out and just go after Home Girl. Like I think that that did speak to. Like the heroic nature of this girl, I think that that was a smart, like story decision. It's like okay, she's banged up, she's injured, she definitely shouldn't be out there, but she thinks that her family and her, uh, her, her friends are in danger. What would she do? Yeah, she absolutely would just crash through this girl's window and fight her. Was it the most smart decision? No. Did it make sense? No. But I thought that it was very consistent with the character. I think it did, did speak to her bravery. Because this is a do character we, that she knows that can kill her, and she didn't think even say, think a second. She didn't give a second thought about going back in the field and trying to take her out. I, I thought that was smart. And I love that. Do we think that the mom is gonna find out before they tell her? That's um. Right. Yeah, that's usually how these things go. Yeah, that's that's that <laughs> seems to be how. Now, I don't want to. I don't want to just say that. Oh, Stargirl's gonna be cliche, but I mean, you know, follow the be, old trope. It wouldn't be the first show that did that. It wouldn't even surprise Especially me if, like, somehow... Close to the mom at this point. Yeah, I was going to say, it wouldn't surprise me if somehow Icicle told them. Like, I don't think that... However they she finds out, I don't think it's going to be on good terms at all. I think it's going to yeah. be someone revealing to her in a way that Courtney wouldn't want. I feel like the mom is, like, in some ways, like, the worst character on the show. Wow. I know that sounds harsh. 
Yeah, yeah but they don't like that. You I mean, mean it's I not that I just like it's not that I dislike her, but I just feel like she's like really not been all that useful. Like it see right now it seems like that she's only being used as a like as the the apple of Icicle's eye right now. She I mean, I like agree. They had the one, I really liked the episode that she had with the kid uh uh you know, her stepson. I thought that that was a really good episode. I was kind of hoping they would kind of expand on, like, their relationship growing. Because, like, okay, here's her doing something that's not involving Icicle, finally. Uh, like, she, like, she doesn't do anything with Pat or anything with Courtney. Like, she's just always working. And, yeah, I feel like she's the only character. I mean, I hate to, you know, again, I have no issue with, uh, with the character in terms of, like, the actress or anything. I think she's doing fine. But, uh, you know, I don't want to diss Amy Smart. But I... I so far, I think there's anybody who's coming up a little short in terms of like what they've written for her. I'm not feeling uh, the Barbara character. I mean, I agree, but I don't mind how they've written her, just because I don't. Feel, I feel like in this story that they're trying to tell, I don't think she plays that big of a role. So, I mean, I think for now it kind of just is what it is. I think once she finds out what's going on, obviously she'll have a bigger role. But I mean, for right now, I think I'm cool with what she's doing now. I, I look. I think I think the actress is doing a good job, and I think um, I like. I I don't think that like it's it's a negative. Like I, I don't expect her character to be that important, you know. Yet I think I, I do think at some point they're gonna give her some stuff, you know. Um, but I think the point of the season so far has been you know Pat and and Courtney, you know, and she's kind of on the periphery. That could change at some point in the series. Uh, it won't. It doesn't always have to be like that. But, um, you know, I, and um, so I feel like. Th- but the stuff with her and Icicle is, is is interesting. You know how he's kind of ingratiating himself in, within that uh, within their family. You know, it's kind of interesting. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And I, and I think it, it, as well. So now you have both of them. Yeah, I like it because I think uh, I think you know. Stripe is kind of, you know, or Pat has always, like, kind of presented himself as, like, the guy who's always, you know, thinking, you know, smartly, not thinking impulsively, and done this before. Like, once once he gets comes to that conclusion that his wife is, like, you know, this guy is trying to get at his wife, like, that, like, we're going to see a different Pat, I think. And that's actually what I'm really excited about, to see, like, him make that change, maybe being less, you know, careful and just level-headed. To, you know, it's different when, again... A murderous psychopath is potentially trying to like get in there with your wife, and it's a guy who you know killed your best friend. Like that's that's a lot, you know what I'm saying? And um, once we get to that cross that bridge, I think that past character it may even have a a story arc that will be interesting as well. But yeah, no, this has been this has been a good show, man. I, I'm enjoying it, and we're gonna continue to keep watching it. We'll uh, update you guys on it uh, later on. Uh, as the weeks continue, but I do want to talk about Agent Shield, Agents of Shield, season seven, uh, episodes five and six, A Trout in the Milk, and Adapt or Die. These were also phenomenal, phenomenal episodes. I thought Adapt or Die, in particular, um, may be the best episode of season so far. This past episode, which included, um, you know, May and LMD Coulson, you know, trapped and captured by Shield after their failed attempt to try to stop the missile launch that would have started the um, basically been a, a precursor to the program that we saw was trying to be launched by uh, 
by Hydra in Captain America uh, Winter Soldier, where they where um, where the the helicarriers would have took out various targets throughout the world. In this iteration, created by Hydra slash the the uh, Chronicoms, it would have been uh, Shield shooting up using satellites to shoot down at various targets. One of them being uh, Bruce Banner. Which was a good, uh, you know, Nick name. Fury as well, right? Nick Fury, Nick Fury, I think, was also name drop. Yeah, so they had some good name drops in these episodes. Um, but the last episode uh, of them being in that position where they were able to, you know, to to stop the project by shooting, shooting it, uh, shooting the the thing with the vest, the, the Zephyr, but then also having the the idea of having to save Max parents. Um, it was just all really good, man. It was, uh, it was. It was there were a lot of threads to kind of follow, you know. A you know the very heartbreaking reveal that Max' parents are likely dead because of the um, the Chronicoms with this new technology with their ability to steal faces and also uh, personalities, and and them revealing themselves at the very end to be Chronicoms. Uh, of course, you had Shield. I mean, uh, uh, um, Agent Coulson. You know, having the sacrifice and blowing up all those uh, predator um, uh, chronicoms that were prepared to, you know, take f- other uh, you know, human forms. And we have what's going on with Gemma and, and what her situation is. You know, is she uh, she says she's, you know, she's losing her memories after she had that memory chip in place in her. So she wouldn't remember where Fitz was after we had the whole. Uh, EMP EP, uh, EMP uh, situation in Arizona or yeah was Arizona no uh, Nevada I'm sorry um, her chip's been messing up meaning that she's been having issues remembering certain things and forgetting things she's not supposed to remember so a lot of threats were happening I love these episodes particularly the last one Kendall what did you think of Age of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has also been awesome man both of these shows um have been great you know i told shamari uh, <laughs> uh earlier today uh after watching all these shows i was like man talk about a stark contrast from reviewing the three stooges uh the flash supergirl and batwoman um to yeah, now reviewing these two shows an excellent excellent refreshing experience but um yeah no uh age of shield has been great um they've they've done a great job in terms of kind of I feel like really culminating the MCU this era of the MCU as we head into the next era uh, phase 4 you know we just ended with Endgame and now we're kind of in a new in a new cycle but this is kind of this kind of feels like the real kind of epilogue of the MCU especially with really the does. television verse you know you bring in susa and you kind of go through the timeline and all these different characters and all these different easter eggs showing up you know hydra is back and i just think it's been a great you know i mean them throwing in the 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 reinhardt daniel whitehall character back you know bringing him back and referencing him was really cool uh the malik stuff i'm a little surprised that they ended up killing off the daniel malik I thought he was going to end up when he when he was do, still alive. Do we, do we know he's dead? That's true. We don't know he's dead. But even like, I think if we guess, that's I mean, true. He seemed pretty dead, but I don't he know. looked like he was in bad shape. I feel like they would have checked. I mean, he collapsed. I mean, the, the building collapsed on him, but that was kind of it. 
been like, oh, you know. But we ain't, whenever you don't get the confirmed kill, I'm always going to have questions. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But I just assumed, like, he'd be the ultimate villain when I saw he was still alive. I was like, oh, yeah, he's just going to be the normal kid who ends up inheriting the family business, you know, who wasn't there before. Um, so now that's not the case, seemingly. I don't know. Is it, is it the actual mallet? Because he's still around. Is it going to be a deal where it's, oh, you killed my father and you killed my brother? You know, and then the actual mallet comes back. That could be kind of interesting. You know, if the same actor from the Avengers comes back to play Malik, you know, that would certainly be uh, a nice way to end uh, Eden's Shield uh, in terms of a villain. But, um, no, these these time jumps have been great. Sousa has been excellent. I'm, I'm glad Sousa didn't leave. I was a little worried when he talked about, yeah, I think this is my last stop. I was like, dang, man. Yeah, I, I didn't think he would. I was I was really hopeful he wouldn't, but I, I thought that he would stay. And he even took another jump. He's been great all season, but he took another jump in these last couple episodes. Um, you know, especially the episodes with the episode with Daisy. I thought I thought I thought he did an excellent job. So, um, you know, it's funny when she showed him the phone. Uh, that was, that was a, they've played. They oh yeah, he took a picture of him. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, you know, him looking at the, the computer like, this thing is probably a little too small. You know, maybe you should get a bigger one. <laughs> She's like, looking at him like, oh, you want to see my phone? But, um, no, I think this has been great. You know, the Mac the Mac thing was, was tough. That was a tough thing to watch. Uh, you know, it was, it was a great kind of, it was a good episode up until that in terms of, like, you know, Fun to see Mac being able right. to interact with his parents until you realize it wasn't his parents at all. Yeah, yeah it's a real good twist. Yeah, it's a tough twist, man, to, to swallow. Yeah, do man. miss Fitz, man. We got to get Fitz soon because at some point the clock's ticking on the season. Yeah, like, I was kind of. It's just going to be in the finale. That's going to be kind of lame. Yeah, it's the only thing. I didn't know. I don't remember if there was any you know deal that was struck or we heard about it before that Fitz was going to be not in majority of this season. But yeah, I feel it too. I feel like we've gone. Too many episodes at this point without him. I'm hoping it don't look like we're gonna get him next episode either. So I don't know when we're gonna get him. No, at least not until the end. Yeah, Shame. I mean, I, I, I mean, I feel like we're gonna, I feel like we are gonna get a Fitz episode. I, I do think point. that. I agree with that. I almost feel like we need one at this point. Like just He's been just gone this whole time. A, a Fitz centric, like yeah, just a Fitz episode. Yeah, every, every season they seem to do either a Fitz or Simmons episode. A Fitz and Simmons, or oh, yeah, it? last season it was Fitz and Simmons, and the season before it was just Gemma, and season or season four it was just Fitz, and the season before that was the Gemma episode where she was on the yeah. planet. Right. So I feel like this season Fitz has been absent this whole time. We're gonna find out where he's been, what he's been doing, and how he reconnects back to this whole story. Um, so I feel like we're gonna get that. But Agents has been fantastic, as you guys have said. Um, you know the. These episodes, you know, I love Sousa and his inclusion in all this. Um, you know, I'm sad that Colson blew himself up. We need another Colson. We need another robot Colson. Yeah, he'll be back though. Yeah, we need definitely need another Colson back. And um, and yeah, man, I'm just sad they had to do Mac like that, man. I feel like they're like it's always Mac. I'm <laughs> like, why is it always why are they always doing Mac like this? Man, once he said, oh, once May was like, oh, I didn't feel anything. I was like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. Like, you got to be kidding me. The, his his parents are just chronicoms now. They're not even like LMD. They're chronicoms. They're evil. I'm like, oh, 
God. And they're dead. Yeah. Like, this is just... It's just like... Jeez, man. It's like, how bad can it be? So, yeah, yeah that was... He, he had to, you know, he had to basically kill his own parents, too. Yeah, they like, kill his parents. Because in his eyes, you know, he's fighting... Yes, he's fighting robots, but they have his parents' faces and bodies. And he's... Faces and, and bodies. And then and it's, it's how he views his parents as a kid, too. So, even thinking about that. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it's a really... Really dark turn, but it was it was good TV. I mean, it I can't, was. can't deny good. it. It was very good TV. You know, and now we're gonna get a uh, now we're gonna get a Mac in was it Deke? Yeah, a Mac Deke adventure. Yeah, Mike, 19, Mac and Deke episode. I'm not sure about this. 1982. I'm not sure about this. It's a weird. Uh, it's a weird pairing, which I think is what is it's an odd pairing. I think that's the point. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> it's a weird pairing. Um. You know, not two characters, not the two characters, not my two favorite characters on the show. Uh, but, sure. you know, I mean, it, it, it could be interesting. But, but I think they, I think, I, 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 I would think, be a little worried about deviating too much from the, from the overall story when there's less episodes. But what do you say? No, I was going to say, I think that, I think that they, they clearly were building up to something like this because there have been various moments in the season. Like Mac and Deke have been paired together and have had, Big interactions throughout the entire season, kind right. of regarding Deke's view on the Deke's view, you know place on the team, Deke's view on what they should be doing and how it's conflated with Mac. Like clearly, they they were building to something, and right, right, this right. is clearly what they're building to: is these guys now being stuck together. So because this is a relationship that has been explored throughout the season in the context of this adventure that they've been going on, I, I'm actually curious to see, okay, what what, are the, what do they want to tell me about what these two guys bring to the table together that we don't know yet? You know, usually their relationship has been Mac just telling Deke what to do and Deke either listening or not listening um, or Mac, you know, getting ahead of Deke doing something stupid. Like, there really isn't much depth beyond that. So... And clearly, this episode, these last few episodes, Deke killing the old Malik, like, and you know, and, and obviously, you know, what's the name was very upset about that. And the previous decision where Mac told him not to kill the guy, he, and, you know, Dates was saying that you should take out uh, Fred Malik. Like, okay, they've been now showing me multiple things with, you know, Deke and, and, and uh, Mac at odds. What do they want to tell me for the story? Remember so. in season one, I mean, in the first episode when. You know, Deke wanted to like be, wanted to introduce all his new tech and stuff. <laughs> Mac was like, "Can't do that. We're not doing that." Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, they've been at yeah they've they've been at odds all season. So I'm I'm curious to see what they got to say with this uh with this uh with this episode coming up. And the '80s are a great time. I don't feel like they really explored the '70s all that much in these two episodes. Like I think the '70s kind of were more of a backdrop. Than it was like a major part of the setting. It doesn't that the '80s. It doesn't that feels totally different. Like it seems like they're definitely gonna dive into the '80s vibe and feel in the next episodes, or in this, at least this first next episode in the next in the uh, next couple days now. Um, so I, I want to see that. I want to see how they how they how they handle that. Any last thoughts on this, Sham? Um, I mean, I'm just I'm excited that we're getting more episodes. Sad and that sad that this is the last season. I mean. Agents has had this is the best work that I feel like they've done in a long time. It's not ever. Yeah, this is very, very this fantastic stuff that they're doing. Um, very such innovative ways 
I mean, if if you told me that this is what the season was going to be story-wise, like, four seasons ago, I'd be like, what is this trash? Why are they doing this? But it's so good. Like, this is really, really good stuff. So I am, like, that's just uh, hats off to the writers, the actors, the actresses um, that work on this because it, it is really, really spectacular done. Spectacularly done. And again, I'm just looking forward to seeing Fitz whenever Fitz gets his episode and we find out how he's included in the story. Word up, man. It's a good place to leave it here, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this edition, this extended edition of the New Generation Podcast Network, uh, New Generation Hero Talk. Of course, you can catch all of our shows on the New Generation Podcast Network. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, make sure you check out our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcasts, and on uh, Facebook, New Generation Media. Follow Shamari on Snapchat and Instagram, MCSham22. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, and on Instagram, Action EJ. Thank you guys for listening in. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.